Blog Talk Radio. Heaven and Earth will be new. Even a new planet in our own galaxy will be born into a second sun. That part of mankind which opens itself will experience the resurrection into the fifth dimension of consciousness. We welcome you to the fifth dimension. And did, did, did I forget to mention? It's way, way better than third. It's way, way better than third. We welcome you to the fifth dimension. You sit, sit, sitting there stuck in suspension. It's way, way better than third. It's way, way better than third. New dimension, don't depend on the brain. Consume with my spirit in the God, so I maintain. Listen up. You may miss something, incarnated several times, I can't miss nothing. Now I think back on my past lives, experiences, old friends and past wives, broke through the third. Now it all makes sense, physical form feels much more dense. On one accord now, back to the Godhead, back to the one is wisdom food, not bread. Travel galaxy to galaxy, earth is but an apple seed, shine through the cosmos, every planet drop a seed. It was said all life breeds promise, therefore no need for Jefferson Thomas. Extraterrestrial ancestors upload knowledge into my mind sector. We welcome you to the fifth dimension, and did, did, did I forget to mention it's way, way better than third. It's way, way better than third. We welcome you to the fifth dimension. You sit, sit, sitting there stuck in suspension. It's way, way better than third. It's way, way better than third. It's a new day on the horizon. Time repositioning to now. Sundials move rapidly through air pockets. Amoeba resembling figures. Readers at space tunnel entrances. No emotional expression, just a conscious connection. See in every direction. Cosmonic feelings, evolving actions to harmonic vibrations. Creating awareness of holographic patterns. Hard work manifests passionate values. Confessing truth without falsehoods. As it is above, so it is below. For the purpose of miracles of the one thing. No weak link. The change doesn't exist, it's only energy. Transitioning from the third year. Welcome to the fifth dimension. We welcome you to the fifth dimension. And did, did, did I forget to mention? It's way, way better than third. It's way, way better than third. We welcome you to the fifth dimension. You sit, sit, sitting there stuck in suspension. It's way, way better than third. It's way, way better than third. First World Order Radio, finally, finally, we are on the air, no doubt. All right, all right. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. We get on into some of that order consciousness tonight. 
First World Order Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. We got to talk about what is taking place on the planet. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. First, we need to let you know we're going to be doing more shows, giving out more information on Wednesdays. Wednesday is 8 o'clock. We are now going to make this is the hottest day of the week. Proceeding in levels in time, order, and importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates the bring about specifics and the group based on value with natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air that your thoughts transmits it. Proceeding in levels in time, order, and importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates the bring about specifics and the group based on value with natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air that your thoughts transmits it. You need to understand how magical this uh, something like this every Wednesday can become. So you need to start uh, getting your calendar right, getting your schedule, your schedule right. You need to know our intentions straight out. All right, so, I mean, these clues are given throughout the various languages was to piece the puzzle of this ancient mystery school back together again. And what we plan on doing, both of us, is bringing y'all some surefire dynamite. We're going to take this level up a notch. We're going to have stuff to do here. This is not just going to be about philosophies and theories. Shit that works. You have an activated pipe in which that produced this black chemical called melanin. We, what we did was gave a hard line in the sand between the different definitions of esoteric study and esoteric study. Playtime is over.
Peace. Peace and blessings. Yeah, I didn't get that one all the way in there. Let the sunshine so let the sunshine. Yeah, let it in. Let the sunshine in. It all counts. It all counts. Once again, it is First World Order Radio. On this Tips and Tricks Tuesday, I'm your host for the evening, Blackwater the Metal Magician. Got a few things in line for today, online for today. Um, first and foremost, give thanks to those who came before and those who come behind. I always want to give reverence and respect due to those who have laid the, that path already and you know, the 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 Bifrost, or what they call it, Bill Frost, Bill Bifrost, Bill Ross. Bill Ross not uh, the Bifrost, like uh, I guess that's that bridge door traveling on that rainbow bridge. And the substantial Negro, you know what I'm saying? That rainbow type bridge, that's that that's that pathway that dial. But um at any rate, we're gonna get into a few things today. Try to well now we're just going hey we're gonna get it right um you know getting everything in the right perspective I guess you could say I want to of course give a shout to the princes and prince over there um stop by went by the house this weekend over the weekend and take them out for a few we exchanged we exchanged me and uh, Dr. Lane exchanged some qigongs <laughs> he showed he taught me a couple I showed him a couple. You know, we built on some things. Peace to the brother Ogun, too. The sister I said across the way. Mm. Peace to the fam in general. Everyone, peace and blessings. Like I said, today's topic is um, producing the immortal body, the immortal body. Um, going to go into that a little something. Try to, you know, Bring it to. We might we might have to go into a section two on this. I'm not sure. I'm really, you know, broken down like that. Like I'm reading to myself. I got a few notes and stuff I put together. Things that I've done personally. I'm, we're gonna go over a few practical exercises that's pertaining to um, activating and actually uh, pursuing producing the uh, the mortal body. This is an active participation thing. This is not something you just, you know, sit down and, I mean, meditation is good and all that, but it's also, um, some of it's a waking meditation. It's a walking meditation. So practicing this in life as well as, uh, you know, in meditation, which is, which is life. It brings to life. But since we are um, spirits experiencing this human, you know, endeavor, we have uh, grown to an agreement that is uh, already in place and the purpose we have to do certain we do should do certain things, you know, just sit down, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know. It does, but it doesn't. So all in all, we're gonna get into it. Uh today we're just gonna go straight into it. Next week I may be out and about as a matter of fact, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. If I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not gonna be on next week. I'm gonna take a um, a little hiatus and catch my breath. We should always do that, you know. Always have a a circumspective time, a time to reflect, 
you know, and it was a time to play and it was time to work. So I might just need a break, take a breath, you know. But next week I'm going to be out of town for a second at any rate. And um, so I'm not going to, I don't want to be pressed, of course, you know, or stressed, have my shoulders all up and all up over my ears and my, you know, underwear and the binds. So I'm going to take that, take that, um, Intentional break. Okay, so producing the mortal body. First, let's get into some tips and tricks. Um, tips and tricks for this week. Um, a weekly or bi-weekly fast and or bi-weekly enematics. Uh, an enematic is when you get it, you know, an enema, when you cleanse out, you purge from the anus. You put that, uh, that enema or whatever you know what I'm saying? You can get them at health food stores, health stores or Walmart, Walgreens, Eckerd's, Rite Aid's. But you can put those, you get those and clean out, uh, purchase those like once a month, twice a month. And uh, weekly or biweekly fasting. I'm going to start out by reading something out of comedic yoga, uh, well, comedic diet, ancient African wisdom for health. By Dr. Muwatu Ashby. It's page 53, 54, stage right here. Fasting does help purify the body and give willpower, but a spiritual spine as well as a worldly personality can do it for this purpose. The difference between the spiritual spine and the worldly personality is the purpose of doing it. As Jesus taught, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all else will be added unto you. This means that you should do whatever you need to do to make yourself more able to serve the divine, first and foremost, for developing greater devotion to God. If fasting is done to make the body healthy and strong to better serve the divine will, including engaging yourself in spiritual practice at a deeper level, then it is a righteous action. One should strive to bring the body to a state of purity, harmony, and peace. My if fasting takes the body to weakness, illness, and unsteadiness, it renders the mind and able to study the scriptures and practice them effectively because one's concentrating ability is diminished, one's temper is more abrupt, and one succumbs more easily to other aspects of the ego, then it is not promoting spiritual advancement. Remember, whatever the swing of the pendulum to the right is, it is likewise it, is likewise, it will swing to the left. So in spirituality, it is best to make small movements gradually building so the backlash, the body and mind's reactions to the release of toxins is small and controllable. If someone is very ill, they have gotten them, they have gotten there from swinging the pendulum too far to the right or left. Now they may need to take drastic measures to live, and therefore they may have to undergo a rigorous fast, etc. In other words, swing the pendulum far to the opposite side. But even in that imbalanced condition of moving from one extreme to the next, there is a certain degree of balance and harmony being achieved. This swing will gradually decrease more and more in its intensity, leading the person more and more into a state of balance and harmony. However, for most people, a high degree of intensity of implementing fasting and other cleansing techniques is not needed. For someone who is not in such a serious condition, prolonged fasting may be unnecessary and may lead to an imbalance. This person may be better off spending their time purifying themselves in other ways, in addition to eating a proper diet for the body, one can choose to perform the yoga postures, which will also detoxify the body. On self service and study of scriptures, which will detoxify the mind and practice meditation, chanting, 
and prayer, which would detoxify the soul and increase one's willpower. Selfless service is especially beneficial for detoxifying the mind and and ridding it of its egotistic sentiments. It gives one the opportunity to put the teachings that have been studied into practice. Eventually, you come to the view of every, eventually you come to view every act you perform as selfless service to your higher self. Along with these practices, one may engage in brief fast, 12 to 24 hours. When deciding to fast, pick a day that is quieted for you, that is quietest for you. When you keep your, um, when you can keep your activities and interaction with others to a minimum. Remember, the purpose of the fast is to become more peaceful, loving, kind, compassionate, and joyous for the supreme peace is the higher self, that is God within you can spend time doing the yoga exercises, which are great for developing willpower, cleansing, and harmonizing, and bringing peaceful vibrations to the body and mind, preparing for the meditation, and reading spiritually uplifting literature or scriptures and understanding them at a deeper level. Be sensitive to your body, but also challenge yourself to move to a state of better health. If you find that one day fast disbalances you, start with a half a day fast, or perhaps just skip one meal one day a week. Also, beware of making absolute recommendations to others based on your own experiences because each individual personality composed of body, mind, and soul is different. And what worked for you may not work for them and vice versa. Due to the nature or extent of their imbalance on any or all three of these levels, body, mind, and soul. Thus, while one can share insight into the principles of natural health practices and techniques with each other, it is best for each person to consult and have access to a competent and experienced health practitioner while at the same time gaining insight into the nature of health self-healing. Good, yeah, thanks. That's uh, Dr. Muwata's, Dr. Muwata Ashby. I'm going to read something else out of uh, the same book, Kinetic Diet, um, Ancient African Wisdom for Health. But basically what that's saying is uh, an inspiring or one who is a spiritual aspiring or a soul warrior, you know, purging the body, the mind, and the soul and spirit will help alleviate some health issues, of course, but it will also help bring about an exchange of lower self to higher self to where one can uh, readily have, a, um, I guess, a better interface or communication between both realms because the toxins no longer there. And when one does that in a state or with the purpose of doing that in a spiritual sense to gain more access to the intelligence, then it, it is uh, it is easier to acquire. So that next uh, part right here is the use of fasting enemas, page 149, 150. Um, in order to promote internal hygiene, the ancient Egyptians or the ancient Kamaatians practiced regular fasting as well as cleansing with enemas. The following quote from Herodotus provides further insight. For three consecutive days in every month, they purged themselves, pursuing after health by means of emetics and drenches, for they think it is from the food they eat that all sickness comes to men and women. The ancient naturopathic healers recognized the natural tendency of the body to lose appetite when feeling ill, and thus imparted the disciplines of fasting on a regular basis to promote physical health. This practice continues today in the naturopathic sciences, Fasting allows the body to eliminate waste materials since it can use the energy that would normally be used in trying to digest food for processing and eliminating waste materials and poisons. In the digestive system, food enters the mouth, goes down the esophagus into the stomach, then to the small intestines, 
and in the large intestine, the leftover material or feces, after nutrients are extracted, it exits through the colon. It's a good practice to give the digestive system a break regularly, and it is even more advantageous to integrate and harmonize this into your spiritual practice. Many people believe that it is necessary to enter into rigorous water-only status. These can certainly be practiced, and there will be a benefit. However, as the lifestyle presented here is followed, such extremes should not be necessary, since this way of life promotes a constant cleansing process. So basically what that's saying is, uh, you know, the ancient Egyptians, the ancient Tamarians were uh, very aware of how health can be um, obstructed and then how we naturally will go into a state of, of a fast. So they observed that and said, look, we need to we need to do this like normally to purge the body, not just because I'm got sick. Because if you know, like when we get a cold or flu or something, we the body naturally don't want to eat. That's just the body saying, whatever I done put in here is affecting me. I don't need to put no more of that in here no more. Let's just like, let's take a break. The body's telling, you know, the body, which is always in tune with the indwelling intelligence. So the indwelling intelligence with the body, the, you know, the soul that gives, is telling us, look, mind, uh, senses, don't eat. <laughs> get that stuff out of me. You know, get right. The only, the only one thing the body knows how to do. That's how to heal itself. Get back right. I mean, healing itself, healing the body doesn't just necessarily mean, uh, you know, I'm hurt and I got to heal. It's like the mind, the soul, you know, the spirit, the emotions. The physical body is the container of those different aspects of, of self, of the immortal, you know, that's, that resides within it. So fasting, you know, once a week or twice a month, uh, you know, uh, once a month, uh, enematics once a month or twice a month. Me personally, I, I fast once a week. I, I fast, I usually fast every Sunday if, uh, if applicable, and I, um, I usually do enemas once. Oh, oh, okay. I usually do an enema once uh, for myself at the beginning of the month and once in the middle of the month. So usually, like at the first. Matter of fact, yesterday, yeah, yesterday I did an enema, and I usually do one by the fifteenth or in in between those, in between the the uh, full moon and the uh, new moon. So I, I usually do it within those 14 days or whatnot. And we had a glorious one day. We had a blue moon, so we have another one at the end of the month, uh, two full moons. I guess it's at the end of the month. I didn't really did the math on it, but it should be within the month sometime. But uh, we got the blue moons going on. You know, the sun is really, we're really close to that sun, ain't we? <laughs> the sun cycle. There's the sunshine, the golden cycle. You know, renaissance, reawakening. We ain't never been asleep. We're talking about reawakening. <laughs> but all right, let's uh, keep it moving. Uh, another tip. This tip relates to losing weight. Now, losing weight, this right here, the fasting and the intervals will also help one who is aspiring to lose weight, lose weight. But also, cherries. Yeah, cherries at night will help one lose weight because they low in glycemic value. I think it's like 22 something like that, one of the, the lowest fruit, one of the lowest carbohydrates, 
and it's, if you like need a, a snack before you go to bed or something like that, it won't it won't spike your blood to where your digestive system tries to turn back on because you know the digestive system shuts down between seven and nine, and uh, you know when you're going to bed, it ain't like you should be trying to use the bathroom at the same time, you know. So not eating before, um, not eating after nine is is wise, especially eating a heavy plate of food like a heavy protein and heavy carbohydrate or uh, polysaccharides or something or disaccharides for that matter, because you know processed food or foods that contain two sugars that one strand is uh, artificial and then the other sugar, you know, they didn't. It's empty calories, so the body ain't doing nothing with it. We need whole food, not empty food, you know, of course. But uh, cherries pack a good punch, and they're also um, they're also good for inflammation because they have um, anti anti. Let me make sure I'm reading it right. Anthocyanins, which is basically melatonin or melanin. That's why the color of the cherry is red like that. But that's an anti-inflammatory compound. And it uh, helps with arthritis and gout. Been used for eons as far as the ancients are concerned. Our brothers and sisters were eating cherries all the time, straight off the tree. And that's why we grew to be so strong genetically and it's been passed down. You know, that's why the tone of our, our muscle tone is different from other races. And there's all types of stuff that's going on because of the diets that our ancestors took on. You know, our mentality, our emotions, are completely different, you know, our physicality, the way that our physiology and anatomy is constructed internally and externally is somewhat different as well. We all have the same thing, neuromelanin flowing through it, but the um, choices that we make personified to a physical existence have been brought down through the DNA strand, through our genetics. Some of it is at a flaw right now because we've taken on a Western diet or whatnot, you know, and there's really no supplements that we can acquire through the diet that will obtain, uh, that will give us the nutrients that we need, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but cherries are good. Also, um, cherries are good because of the melatonin, so it uh, helps us with the body sleep cycle at night because uh, actually um, melatonin is also, of course, we know a good inflammation, a good anti-inflammatory uh, and it helps with oxidative damage because it's a free radical scavenger, you know, dealing with the pineal gland and the ahuru, the ahuru, remember, it's a protective uh, symbol. So as it produces good health, that's protection. So, you know, I'm saying the ancients were, were on point with a lot of the, the symbolism and uh, metaphors and allegories that were personified through our physiology internally. Uh, so that that helps with uh, also bringing about the immortal body or the immortality, and we're gonna get into what all that breaks down to in a few seconds here, if you don't already know. All right. Um. So those are the tricks and tips. Cherries at night it helps with weight loss because your body ain't trying. It, it slows down the digestion. Of uh, you know other things, but when you wake up, you're gonna crap like shit. You're gonna get all that excess from the day four out for one, and it also helps with arthritis, inflammation. Uh, twenty eat like twenty cherries at the first sign of uh, something flaring up, and it'll 
clear out that gout or, or that arthritis. You won't have that pain no more versus taking the NSAIDs. You know, those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are detrimental to our health because the stomach cannot digest it properly, and then we end up with GERD or gastrointestinal issues because we've been taking aspirin and Tylenol for 20, 30 years and wondering why the doctor, no, he wasn't going to say nothing. He paid. He's a paid hand. He's a hired man, a hired hand. You know, he's a lynchman. He don't care about us. So, you know, that doctor, that white coat, uh, that's why I call them white coats. Well, you know, they're scary. <laughs> At any rate, all right, so we'll get to immortal, immortal. And what does it mean? First, the etymology on it, the etymology, immortal, uh, deafness, late 14th century from Latin, immortalis, deafness, undying, from assimilated form of N, or M, meaning not the opposite of, plus mortalis, meaning mortal, so not mortal or not uh, not dying. Mortal, mortalis means death or dying. So not dying or not mortal. Um, going to that word, ambrotype. Uh, in 1855, the American English apparently from Greek, Greek ambrotos, immortal, imperishable. Uh, see, ambrosia, that was like a, a drink that the mortals would take, you know, take the ambrosia. It's from the masculine proper name from Latin ambrosis, immortal, belonging to the immortals, and they would drink that and become immortal. Basically, that means uh, the immortal, the drink of the immortals. But ambrotype is also a type of photograph on glass with lights given by silver and shades by a dark background showing through. So the dark background, that's like that, uh, that's that, two-dimensional reality that uh, a type of photograph on glass with lights and there's a hidden light given by silver and shades by a dark background showing through. So the background is bouncing off, uh, that light is bouncing off a dark background and it gives off shades that is uh, given off by lights of silver and shades by a dark background showing through it. That's the you know the two dimensional reality like outer space. Um, we look at the darkness, the vastness of the dark, you know, energy and dark matter. It's a two dimensional reality. Also, although it looks like a bubble or whatnot, it's really nonlinear. It doesn't really have any type of any shape like that or form, but it bounces off and reflects uh, what we have as, as life or light. And that's who we are. It's something that we're connected to. Going back to uh, fifth dimension. And how to, you know, lead, sunshine, this Aquarius age, the age of information. Also, as we were talking about the holographic, holographic uh, or the hologram. So the um, hologram is, the, you know, the whole message. The message, someone is calling me, the message with um, Messiah age is uh, the age of uh, the Messiah, but the age of water or information. So this information is this information is given off into a, a state of of unknowingness or darkness and it's brought out into light or whatnot. So darkness of being ignorance or whatnot is somewhat so to speak, but it's really uh empty and then we're sealed with with water, two jugs of the aquarium, aquarium or the man holding the jugs, pouring forth 
water filling in the in the empty spaces or the, the gaps. But that uh going into the hidden light, that hidden light is is of course melanin or what we call light. It's the fifth dimension. Light in the exactation has no view that can be perceived by human eyes as we uh, attempt to condition it into a, a color of spectrums or whatnot, but really light is dark. It's no it's, it's all all things um, as they come together give off a certain degree of what we view as, as light or information yet it is uh, it's boundless and infinite. So it really has nothing it slowed down. As it slows down we see it as what it is, maybe yellow, orange, green, you know, or, or whatnot, you know, blue, indigo, purple and up to the higher Significations of the ultraviolet rays and whatnot, or the black light spectrum. Yet still, these uh, these colors that we see are only um, personified, and then we objectify. We say that that's what they are through the human eye. Yet they have their hidden lights. They're, they're really only what we see. Uh, you get what I'm saying, you know. So. Yeah, it's an immortal light. That immortal light is us. So go back, you know, like New and and the Minty, the Twat, all these are uh, in reference to subconscious, and subconscious has no uh, real type of uh, grab on what we would call uh, the reality of the physical third dimension. The fifth dimension is a connectivity. It's a pathway. It's a connection of the third and the fourth third being physical, the fourth being mental, and we go into the fifth dimension of light or the identification of both realms and the mind and the the mind being the fourth dimension and the uh, physical reality being the, the third dimension, they come together collectively and then begin to what, ha- what happens in the fifth dimension is basically everything is there. There is no question of this is what I want to happen. It happens, you know, from just pure um, creation values. It's no longer uh, a, like a, a point of, of time, what we call time and space, where we have to wait for it. It's just the creation process takes place within that moment because it's already there in the fifth dimension. You don't have to really think about it. There's no thought. Okay, so... That's that's what light is, true light. So you know, getting back into our mortal body, activations, and being able to utilize it properly, you won't have to. You don't use. You won't use time and space as a physical entity in mind state. Uh, your the application of creation or manifestation will take place within moments, and we're getting closer to zero time with time that we have uh, agreed to will no longer exist. Time and space will come together and the fifth dimension that they talk about esoterically, which is, uh, you know, the photonic belt is now overhead, of, you know, right above us. If you look up at night on a good dark night, you'll see the photon belt circling the planet Earth. So we're right there in the center. We're very close to it. So those, the ability to, which is basically that's the fifth dimension of light, you know what I'm saying? So basically once you tap into that properly and utilize some of these techniques we're going to talk about tonight, um, you'll see a, a great change in your uh, personal personal um, arena of experience. 
All right, so that's uh that's immortal that's the immortal word goes from immortal, deathless, um uh, undying, then uh Ambrose is immortal belonging to the immortals, Greek Bartos mortal and M um not. So M but oh am not mortal Ambrotos. All right, so now we break it down in, in a metaneta. In mu ta'abadi, M means there, give, give, or end. I'm going to utilize give on that one. You know, mu means water essence with that which lives in the water. I'm going to use that of uh, that which lives in the water. Er means light, prince, or divine being. Uh, I'm going to, today I'm going to use that divine being. Time equals earth to burn, flame, or fire. Ah, to die, would like to follow on that one, as well as earth. I'm going to use earth and fire. R, A-R, because you change the L, O, you know, A, I mean, the L and R are interchangeable. Um, actually, there's really no L in um, ancient comedical metaneta. It's R that they utilize, so A and R, but that, that's what um, L can be used as R. Uh, so R A R R means to tie together. Um, ba means divine soul, and D means to give. So what I broke that down is is the divine being. The divine being is earth. The divine being that exists within the water that exists within the water is uh, Mu. Um, I'm bringing. I mean that is uh, D to give or M to give. Uh, harmony is uh, R to tie together to earth and fire, contributing to the divine soul. Earth and fire is Ta, um, contributing to the divine soul. Uh, D, well, M or D again, contributing to give, and the divine soul is Ba. So the divine being that exists within the water, bringing harmony to earth and fire, contributing to the divine soul. So divine being that exists within the water, that can go back to the neocortex, but that basically is the pineal gland that exists within the water, the, or the water being um, the river Jordan, or the right, right there, uh, the third ventricle where the pineal gland dips into um, the fluids of you know, the hormones to being produced by the pituitary and the pineal gland, and uh, takes that bath, which is you know John the Baptist gives. Jesus, the Christ, that uh, that baptismal right there, and, and purifies him for his journey at the age, uh, I think, the thirty-three degrees <laughs> outside. Now, but you know, um, so that divine being that exists within the water, that's your soul embedded in, inside of uh, the pineal gland. It brings harmony to earth and fire. Earth and fire, uh, earth being the the finalized element of personification, the third density level of existence, and fire being the first personification um, in the creation process into the third dimension. So um, that that uh, that divine being that exists within the water, you know, the divine being like the movie uh, Men in Black when, when old boy opened his ear and uh, the little dude came out the ear inside of his head right there. That's that divine being that exists within that water. 
what is it, what is it like 90% water or something like that in the brain, you know what I'm saying? So, but um, bring your harmony to earth and fire contributing to the divine soul, the Ba. So the divine soul is uh, giving more, uh, I guess you could say, uh, potential to utilize its potential, more power to utilize its power uh, when uh, the divine being that exists within the body brings harmony to earth and fire, the lower self, earth, and the fire, the higher self, or as the Kundalini energy, so to speak, goes up and contributes to the Ba. The Ba is sitting above the the head as the um, Nephet. You know, so Nephet means basically it means um, the Lord of the house. You know, Nupu Nephet. But uh, it's Lord, I am Lord of the house. It's one of those uh, haikus we went over, but it's also um, the two, that's the Ida and the Gala, those are the two entities that form the the um, sacred the sacred wings of like Washet and uh, and the pets are the ones that are protecting over us um, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and they bring about a a balance or harmony. So it contributes to the divine soul, the divine being that exists within the water that would be equivalent somewhat to Washet. Then it brings harmony to the earth and fire, contributing to the divine soul. By that's equivalent to Nephet, the Lord of the house. So that, so that's the immortal Ta'a body. So that's the immortal body. The immortal body is the divine being that exists within the water, bringing harmony to the earth and fire, contributing to the divine soul within us. The immortal body has always been a part of you. You know, we lose touch of what it is and how it operates. Some of the mystery systems just, uh, we uh, that we went through in the past touched on those uh, aspects and brought it back out through different processes. And we're going to go over some meditations and exercises and whatnot in just a few seconds. Um, this is... Uh, the scripture out of the Bible, I think it's Isaiah 51. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. No, this is Corinthians, um, yeah, First Corinthians. This I, I put it on before. I've talked about it before. Uh, listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. A moment, in a moment, in the blinking of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. But this perishable body must be, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on the, and, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Now, when this perishable puts on the imperishable and this mortal puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will happen. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Real death is your victory. Real death is your sting. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, dear brothers and sisters, be firm. Do not be moved. Always be outstanding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So wake up from the dream of being with God and know that you are God, basically. So don't don't be wing sleep. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Everybody's going through something, you know, everybody's going through some type of change. 
some of us don't know that God resides within and ain't that, that we should be personally looking for out there like that because there's nothing out there. Out there is no, nothing out there out there. But, you know, so everything that we want is already within us because the fifth dimension is within us. That is to, what we should say in the hidden light, the light that's within or the light of the fifth dimension is the same as the indwelling intelligence that creates and, and unfolds into the third dimension. All these dimensions are interconnected like um, threads of a, of, a, of a quilt, you know, so you can't. I mean, you can unthread it and, you know, and put this piece of thread over there and whatever and all that, but it still it came from this fabric of creation, so it, it's a part of uh, all these threads, like the chakra system and whatnot, that leave little holes that they say, you know what I'm saying, with a, you know, prime little point in between the, the little dot. And as they, it's just like the albinism, you put the thread through it and then it formulates the glandular system. The glandular system formulates into what we have as organs and, uh, and whatnot, and then the whole physical body. But it originated from the primal, and, uh, and then the eight cells of the, uh, where the eight cells of blastula where mitosis occurred and then out you know, out from that the whole body was initiated. So these threads are connected one by one, just like universally speaking and all these other dimensions are connected. So once we disconnect ourselves from that then yeah, it looks like something different, you know, but all in all, um the fifth dimension resides within. So, you know, your access to be able to create and fulfill your destiny as being who you are as God, so to speak, Roma Azdabar, um, generator, operator, destroyer, whatnot, whatever you want to say that word may mean, um, it, it takes place within, you know, and then from there it's the waking, you know, the waking meditation where we activate those Intentions from within the heart, and actively in a in our walk. Um, so the body of resurrection is a typical term of esoteric Christianity, and it was, it was used to indicate a spiritual body associated with the spiritual with special enlightenment or some type of experience. The doctrine of the spiritual body, um, by many Western and Eastern traditions, share a common doctrine on spiritual and immortal and an immortal body which represents the ultimate goal of many esoteric works. This concept of a spiritual immortal body which has to be formed has many names according to several traditions. Sometimes the idea of such an immortal body has been called the resurrection body, the glorified body in Christianity, the most sacred body, the super-celestial body in Sufism, the diamond body in Taoism and Vajrayana, the light body or rainbow body in Tibetan Buddhism, the body of bliss and Kriya Yoga and the immortal body in Hermeticism. It has to be specific, uh, specified that each of these names belongs to a different tradition, and every tradition has its own doctrine that differs from the others. So these terms cannot be entirely identified with one another. Nevertheless, all of these currents share a common teaching, which is the idea of the formation under special esoteric or supernatural conditions of an immortal and spiritual body. All right, so the Eightfold Path of the um, some of the Hindu or Vedic traditions uh, and whatnot, not to really uh, say that it's, uh, hold on one minute, though. 
let me go back one. Uh, the April path is something we're going to get into in a second, but first of all, going to the prayer in room, um, speaking yeah. on the prayer in room by Dr. Mwata Ashby. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having explored the most hidden reason of the Dwight, the unconscious mind, through the practice of yoga and meditation, the initiate cannot affirm that he or she has had experience of the divine. Those who attain this experience are called sages and or saints. Those who are established in the state of awareness, meaning that they have a continuous divine awareness based on this experience, are called enlightened sages. Due to their mystical experience, anything that an enlightened sage says is considered to be directly inspired by the divine. Thus, they are considered to be enlightened human beings. This is the meaning of the following haiku utterance from the Pratim Haru, chapter 30. It is I who have entered into the house of myself, and I have clothed myself with garments of the one who is within. It is I who have entered into Rastur, and I have seen the secrets which are within. Hidden was I, but I have found a way. It is I who went into the Yanrut. I put on the clothing which was there over my nakedness. Given to me was unjent. Given to me was ancient of women by, by encompassing the earth of humankind. Truly, he has spoken to me about himself. The mystical meaning behind the haiku just presented is very important to the understanding of what is meant by the terms enlightenment and mystical experience. Rasta, or Restua, refers to the site of the grave of Wausau. And uh, let's recall that the... Um, the central core point of manifestation is the carbon molecule. And that is also the tree trunk that was in the story of Bosar. You know, so within the tree trunk was the carbon molecule that created, or that's the seed that created the tree or the trunk, the body, the body. Then that is the field. Well, within that, where it started, where it initiated from, it's the field of of all, of all existence, where we get the idea of the um, glorified body, which is connected to the all. So also is the seed of life that is embraced with the particle that comes forth in today by the light, Pertemaru coming forth by the enlightenment. So the carbon molecule is within that tree. Let's get back to this read real quick. Okay, so um, here's the initiate. The miscommunication. Okay, here's the initiate discovered that he or she was able to find the boundary and to discover the abode of the hidden one. The initiate was able to discover the difference between what is real and what is illusion, and was therefore able to tra- tra- um, traverse the illusory twice and discover the special location wherein there is a supreme peace and immortality. Yamrutif refers to the mythological site of the grave of Asur or the innermost shrine. This line imparts the wisdom that God, him or herself, Asar, is the one who ultimately gives the highest wisdom, imparts the wisdom that God, him or herself, Asar, is the one who ultimately gives the highest wisdom about God. All the teachings of the scriptures are only incomplete and integrate descriptions of God because God transcends any and all mental concepts. Therefore, the study of the scriptures and various rituals 
cannot in and of themselves confer enlightenment or the mystical experience of the union with the divine. For this to occur, it is necessary to actually experience the divine, and in order for this to occur, it is necessary to discover one's true essence as one with God. For only by becoming one with something can that thing be known. In this form of knowing, there is experience, unlike intellectual knowledge, which does not confer experience. If a teacher tells you about China, you have intellectual knowledge. If you visit China, you have experience. This is an ancient edition proverb right here. There is no life for the soul except in knowing, and no salvation but doing, and no salvation but doing. So thinking ain't no thinking ain't doing. But the more we think about something or doing something, it's not actually activating thought or whatever we're thinking about. So you want to be a part of your fifth dimensional self or your photonic etheric self. Um, stay on the move. You know, always synthesize whatever it is and then synchronize whatever it is. So stay, if you notice that certain things ain't, ain't right, then, you know, that ain't synchronizing. But once you get in tune with your higher self, and if you if you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about, and also when you did, when it was saying right here, um, intellectual knowledge, which is not, which does not confer experience. You know what I'm saying? Becoming one with something that that thing it must be known. Is it necessary to discover one's true essence as one of God? For only by becoming one with that something can that thing be known. Unlike intellectual knowledge, which does not confer experience, you experience when you experience something, you develop intelligence, and that intelligence is uh, is an interface, and that interface brings about power because th- that's an interface between two different places that are entirely really one thing. So. When when we think of uh, something as like a sunset or a full moon as two different aspects of creation, then we are minimizing creation because they're both the same in two different lights or two different senses of operation. So and within that, within gaining power, or the potential that's within that, we see the sunset as, or we see the sunrise as a full moon as well, and vice versa. All things are the same due to um, what we could say being the uh, the law of pattern. When we deal with the law of pattern, we call pattern is information. Information is energy. So that energy is it builds it builds uh, power because knowledge is power, information is power. But how do we get what is the information? Again, the information is intelligence. So if we look at when, if we look at something as what it is in the viewpoint of what our, our concepts has agreed to, then that's what it's going to be, and that's the only thing on it that's going to be, you know. But as we grow or as we Gain access back to, or re resubmerge, or re uh, submit ourselves to who we truly are. Then we'll notice that all things exist as one, and are interconnected. So, 
sun, sun rising and, and a full moon are the same thing. You know, not to talk too much about it. Just, you know, you, you will figure it out as we go. All right, so that was uh that was out of Pratima Brew. And this is out of uh Egyptian yoga. Then we're gonna get into some exercises a little bit. A little bit more talking. Or <laughs> exercises rather. This is out of Egyptian yoga by Dr. Mawaka Ashby as well. Page one seventy six. There's just a few of the ancient comedic uh, proverbs. Um, to know God, strive to grow the stature beyond all, match, all measure. Conceive that there is nothing beyond our capability. Know thyself, deathless, and able to know all things, all arts, sciences, the way of every life. Become higher than the highest height and lower than the lowest depth. Imagine thyself all senses of animals, fire, water, dryness, and moistness. Think of thyself in all places at the same time, earth, sea, sky, not yet born, in the womb, young, old, dead, and in the after-death state. There's another one. The path of, more, of, uh, the path of immortality is hard, and only a few find it. The rest await the great day when the wheels of the universe shall be stopped and the immortal spark shall escape from the sheets of substance. Woe unto those who wait. For they must return again unconscious and unknowing to the seed ground of stars and await a new beginning. Who has eaten the knowledge of every God? Their existence is for all eternity and everlasting in their spirit body. But they will it, they do it. If then thou learn that thou art thyself of life and light, and that thou only happen to be out of them, thou shalt return again to life. And then thou learn that thou art thyself of life and light, and that thou only happen to be out of it. Thou shalt return again to life. So once you once you find out who you are as far as life light is concerned, then you return back to life with your spirit. Basically, what life is that pole life to fit uh, from physical from spirit to physical, but life and light. Once we find, once we go back to life and life, basically is again moving earth more. This moves uh, water that equates to life, and earth is light or fire. So once you get back to the application, we're actually utilizing the proper applications to become who you are internally and externally. Those things are just going to unfold properly without having to utilize too much power because knowledge is power. You're going to have to use too much physical power because that manifestation is going to cure due to you having your immortal body and that you being on that Bill Frost bridge and just vortex to it. You weren't hold to that thing. You know what I'm saying? It's already there basically because, you know, you just you just put your hand in that hole, you know, you know what I'm saying? They say, how deep is the rabbit hole? You know, <laughs> and Alice in Wonderland. It's pretty deep because it expands the whole universe or multiverses or whatever you want to call it because it's, Something limited. Don't limit. We can't limit our thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Like the first one up here was saying, "Become higher than the highest height, lower than the lowest depth." Imagine thyself all senses. You know, know thyself to be deathless and able to know all things. Think of thyself in all places at the same time: earth, sea, sky. Not yet born in the womb, young, old. You know, so see yourself as everything and all things, nothing at the same time. 
door. You can do things. All right, so we'll go back down to here. And was uh, speaking on um, the Eightfold Path of the Buddha, of the Buddha, the Enlightened One. So, nevertheless, all these trends share a common teaching, which is the idea of formation under special esoteric or supernatural conditions of an immortal and spiritual body. Just speaking of the different esoteric um, um, jargon of uh, concepts that were titles of uh, different forms of what we call the resurrected body or the immortal body. Uh, in different um, pantheons. So the Eightfold Path of the Buddha, or the Noble Truth was the end of suffering, and, you know, the Noble Eightfold Path, the first of the Noble Eight is right understanding, learning how to see the world as it truly is. I'm not going to break these down like that. You can develop your own um, understanding through this by due diligence and and your life and experience. Uh, right thought, understanding that thought has great power on oneself and others, and that whatever one focuses on gains more life or more light, and one becomes it. Right speech, knowing what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and when to remain silent. Right action, guidelines to controlling one's behavior and allowing calmness of mind to pursue enlightenment. And there's five different precepts to this, um, to number four, not intentionally killing the creature is one, not taking anything which is not freely given is two, not indulging in irresponsible sexual behavior is three, not speaking falsely, abusively, or maliciously is four, and not consuming alcohol or drugs is five. Um, the fifth Path of the or the fifth level of the eightfold path is right livelihood, making a living in such a way to benefit oneself and all other beings. Number six, right effort, determination and perseverance is one spiritual and one spiritual discipline to transcend one's lower nature. Number seven, right mindfulness is learning how to be aware of everything that one does at all times. Not acting out, not acting automatically, reacting to events as an animal. And number eight, right meditation. The way to transcend into higher forms of consciousness. All right. So those are the eightfold path, the noble eightfold path of the Buddha or the enlightened one. Right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right meditation. Very powerful. You know, I'm still practicing. Sometimes I I might I might fall victim <laughs> not really. But I might victimize myself and uh do certain things, you know, outside of the those eightfold, but that's the physical experience and we get to do that. You know, have fun with it at the same time. You know, balance, of course. We should definitely balance my eye, truth, righteousness, equality, freedom, peace, reciprocity, and harmony or balance. So those are the seven universal laws 
as well as the laws of mind, basically. Um, so, properties of the body resurrection. This is uh, focusing on the resurrection body, which means a spiritual body in esoteric Christianity, uh, in playing with esoteric Christianity. Um, we can find some of these properties of the bodies which are shared by all the esoteric Christian movements um, in the Bible. Uh, but basically, immortality is spoken about there in the entirety, implying the restitution of the limbs, the distinction of the sexes, and the protection of the senses. The excellent physique and physical beauty, natural prerogative, you know, having a perfect body or whatnot. Incorruptibility, freedom from decay or impassibility, freedom from pain, derived from the purpose and mission of the body to the soul. You know, again, the pineal gland, getting that inflammation out of there, the excellent physical body, you know, exercise a little bit, and that brings about. It also it brings about good health, but it, it lengthens the telomeres because of uh, sweat and toxins and and, uh, and whatnot. Uh, clarity or glory, the body of saints will reflect the light, the inner splendor of the soul. Therefore, in the body, they will conform to the incarnate word. Word having clarity of glory, clarity of mind, being able to uh, see through the dismal darkness or ignorance. You know, agility, so that the body of the saint, once free from the natural heaviness, will be able to move rapidly from one place to another in the cosmos. Being able to move around here um, with swiftness means, you know, as above, so below. If you can do it here, you can do it in everywhere. If you can, if you're 50 years old and can sprint, you know, 40 yard dash in 50, 60 seconds, that's pretty damn swift right there. So you, you're doing that somewhere else as well. That's that immortal body right there. You know, subtlety, the faculty penetrate everything. The glorious body penetrates without difficulty. No mutual damage to other bodies, to the other bodies in the universe. Uh, that basically, um, as the other statement uh, was saying, within um, the eightfold path, go back to it. Um, Learning how to be aware of everything that um, of everything that one does at all times, not acting automatically, acting as an animal. Uh, and also, right thought that was right mindfulness and right thought, understanding that thought has great power in oneself and others. That whatever one focuses on gains more light when becomes it. So, um, you no know, doing things that benefits. Uh, also, right here. Um, like lives are making living in such a way to benefit oneself and all other beings. So you put all those into a nutshell and 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 uh, consolidate it. What this is saying is saying that uh, whatever we do, as far as mindfulness is concerned, right thoughtfulness and right livelihood, we should be sure that whatever we're doing is going to is not going to affect others in a negative sense or we're not in a bad way because we are interconnected. So that some of what what they call karma. Karama won't come back on us like a like a you know fishtail and, and and smack us in the face because we put that thing out there. But basically, what it, what they're saying is, if I go dipping down into my into my little point, my little wormhole, and uh, I see this thing, and I know, oh yeah, it's kind of not right for them over there though because it might fuck up something in their little thing. You gotta know that you shouldn't do that then. So because you already see it, 
from the perspective of going down into your little wormhole, then by you going by going in and go ahead and, and activating what it's not beneficial for others, even though it feels good to me, it's not necessarily going to feel good to them. So it's going to have some type of uh, reaction because they might not be ready for whatever it is. Like they talk about, that might be something you want to go through. So in the experience, you know, get thanks at the end of the day after you get your ass whooped. Or whatnot. Well, I'll get my ass whooped. <laughs> i go through stuff like that. But, and, uh, all in all, what I'm saying is uh, whatever we are doing, make sure it's going to be good for everybody that's participating in that, that action. Don't just do things out of out of central gratification, just because it feels good. It might not feel good to the next person or whoever is affecting inside of that bubble of uh, of experience, because we all here experiencing together. All right, all right. So um, going into the awakening of the hidden light by Montachiel. This is funny. Finding time and <laughs> space. Right. All right, so um, this is Awakening the Hidden Light by Montai Chia, pages three through nine, little footnotes and stuff. Uh, the ancient Taoists saw the importance of working on all three levels of our being, the physical body, the energy body, and the spirit. All three are important in forming the ladder with which we may climb consciously into the spiritual worlds and just as important back into the physical world to be created to be active here. This ladder enables Taoists Dao meaning, of course, uh, the way or, matter of fact, Dao means a few things, but the most simplified way to look at what the Dao means is ultimate truth, the rule of life, or a method, basically. It means the way, but it's the ultimate truth. It's my I. Dao is just another way of saying my I in, um, in Tibetan or Chinese, Dao, the Dao, the Dao. The Dajin is the book or the Bible of the way. Um, all right, so um, the latter enables Taoists to learn about the inner worlds and to return to the physical world with knowledge and increased energy. An immortal body, which is developed in the practice of internal alchemy, enables one to establish a constant link between life and the afterdeath or pre-birth state. Ancient Taoist sages believe we were born to be immortal. We became mortal by draining ourselves of chi through engaging in excessive sexual activity, indulging in negative emotions, and depending only only on material sources to supply our life force. The ability to transcend even death through the transmutation of one's physicality into the immortal spirit body is the highest goal of Taoism. The basic foundation of Taoist practice is learning to conserve the physical energy within our bodies so that it will no longer scatter and weaken as a result of our worldly interactions. Full spiritual independence requires that we avoid being drained of this energy through the eyes, ears, nose, and mouth, or through excessive sex. One aspires to return to a childlike state of innocence and vitality, to regain the original force that is our birthright. Specific goals of this level are to learn how to heal oneself, how to love oneself, and how to love others. The first level of practice is to develop a healthy body, which can take up to 12 months of diligent training. During this process, we learn how to condense and conserve our life force through the microcosmic orbit meditation, healing love practice, inner smile, six healing sounds, and iron shirt qigong. We learn to gather and refine our life force into a qi ball, energy spirit, so it will no 
dissipate when we are ready to leave this world. As people grow older, the life force weakens, often resulting in illness and suffering. Using drugs to combat illness drains so much of the body's life force that there may not be enough energy left to follow the primordial light, clear light, hidden light, basically. That's um, dark energy, dark melanin, or dark matter, dark energy, internal or external melanin, internal melanin, but at any rate, to the Wu Chi or the, um, the void, our original source at the moment of Tao Wu Chi, the void, that's that dot, that's that point, that seed, that's that, uh, that's also within the trunk. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the, um, that's the immortal body, that divine being, the body that gives, you know what I'm saying? But let's go back to this real quick. At the moment of death, uh, what was that about right there? The primordial light, the clear light to the Gucci, to the source of God. Um, so stopping energy leakages through conservation and recycling. The, the microcosmic orbit is the body's major energy pathway. Along this path, there are nine openings. If we learn how to seal them when we are not using them, by that simple act of conservation, we will immediately have more energy. The microcosmic orbit meditation is the first step toward attaining goals as it develops the power of the mind to control, conserve, recycle, transform, and direct your chi. By managing our chi effectively, we gain better control over our lives. By using our energy wisely, we discover we already have principal chi. All right, so with the advanced orbit, um, let's go to this. Um, the inner smile and six healing sounds are simply a powerful practice that teaches us how to relax and heal the vital organs and to transform negative emotions back into a rich source of energy. Taoists perceive the heart as the seed of love, joy, and happiness, which can connect with universal love. It is also a cauldron in which the energies of our virtues are combined and strengthened. Through the inner smile, you will feel these virtues, these virtuous energies generated from their respective organs. Within, gather these into the heart to be refined and blended into compassion, the highest of all virtues. Um, a Taoist gains strength through the conservation and recycling of sexual energy. When collective sexual energy becomes an incredible source of power that can be used by the individual shared with the sexual partner via the microcosmic orbit pathway to sexual intercourse. With practice, singles and couples can learn to increase and intensify sexual pleasure. The collective and transformed sexual energy is an important alchemical catalyst used in higher meditations. Once you have an abundant sexual energy, you can connect to the unlimited cosmic orgasm experienced every moment of your higher self which is the most basic energy in every cell of your body. And it's a very powerful healing energy for yourself and others. Managing the life force in the practice of Iron Shirt Qigong and Tachi Qigong, one learns to align the skeletal structure with gravity to allow smooth, strong flow of energy. With strong fascia, tendons, and bone marrow on good mechanical structure, we can manage our life force more efficiently. The body also gains a sense of being rooted deeply in the earth, and so one can tap into the mother earth healing force. Yeah, with strong fascia, tendons, and bone marrow. Fascia is what connects all the muscles and tendons together. And bone marrow is uh, like this healing aspect. It holds uh, basically blood, but uh, it creates the bones. So the bones being strong through bone marrow. It uh, doing certain uh, some of these type the tachi gongs and chi gongs. It strengthens it. And who like I was saying one day, if you if you, I'm a janitor. And I got to put both feet on the ground to go to work every day. And my feet hurt, my my ankles hurt, my, you know, calves hurt, my knees hurt, my, you know, thighs, hips, everything hurt. 
soon as I put it on the ground. I'm going to be disgruntled. I'm not going to want to work. I'm going to be mad all day, every day, you know, because I'm hurting. But if I get, put, I wake up in the morning, I'm a giant. It don't matter what I'm doing. You know, if I'm a bum, I'm on the street, you know, a mendicant. And I can get up and not have no pain, then I'm not going to be, it's just going to my activation with my creation. Probably I'm going to be getting all the, as a panhandler or whatever, I'm going to be getting all the change or a maintenance worker. I'm going to be getting all the gratitude and respect from my coworkers and whatnot, which will make me feel even better because I'm not angry at myself being in pain. So, like, doing Tati and doing Qigong will help realign the structure of your skeletal system as well as give you a, a, a stronger and smoother flow of the of the chi or the energy within the body to, uh, I guess you could say, even personify to a more, even to a stronger individual way to do itself. So that helps activate that immortal body as well. Uh, the five element nutrition, Dallas approach to diet is based on determining the needs and filling them according to the five elements of nature. Uh, five elements of nature, metal, lungs, uh, wood, liver, fire, heart, uh, kidneys, water, and skin, the earth. So all of those different aspects, those five different aspects of uh, nature relating to the organ system and what they, how they uh, sense taste and whatnot. And then dealing with that, you know, don't be too excessive with salt. That's dealing with the, with the kidneys. If the kidneys, if you notice that you like a lot of salt, you might want to hold back on that because the kidneys just it depletes water. You know, sweets is dealing with the spleen, so if you notice you're eating too much sweets. Don't I'm not saying cut out sweets or cut out salt, but if you notice that there's the excess or you have a, a desire for certain things, then you need to might need to check that organ system that relates to uh, that taste or that sense. Of operation, fire, heart is like a, a burnt food. I'm not saying pungent food, you know. Um, okay, so uh, now we're going to get into another aspect of Qigong. Coming out of the roots of Chinese Qigong, then we're going to go into actual exercise. The roots of Qigong, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about, I'm read here about uh, abdominal breathing. There's two forms of abdominal breathing. Abdominal breath is the key to nadine or internal elixir, internal exercise, um, Qigong exercises. In abdominal or dantian breathing, there are two common ways of breathing, normal abdominal breathing and reverse abdominal breathing. Reverse abdominal breathing is called the Taoist breath, and a, a normal abdominal breathing is called the Buddhist breath. Um, correct deep breathing involves slow, deep breaths that seem to go all the way down to your lower dantian. It requires that your mind be relaxed and concentrated. This kind of breathing is called pontonal breath, or back to childhood breathing, because it's deep, soft, and natural like a child. It is the first step in a Don Qigong training, internal elixir Qigong, or internal elixir. Uh, skilling the breath exercises. In abdominal breathing, the lungs are expanded and contracted by the muscles of the diaphragm and abdomen rather than the chest muscles. There are several benefits to normal abdominal breathing. In 
internal organ massage, giving all the organs a good massage, invigorating the abdominal muscles uh, because babies naturally do deep breathing. They are um, always keep the chi circulating around the organs and it helps loosen up the uh, chi channels and the meridians and it gets them like very fluid, you know, fluidly like the whole body is just like water. They can move real easy. We get blocked to this. We get older because we're not breathing properly from the air or lower deep conscious breathing. It increases the efficiency of the chi or the energy flow from the kidneys to the lower dachyon. Uh, one objective of qigong practicing is to strengthen the water chi, which is converted from the essence residing in the kidneys. Uh, the more abdominal breathing we do, the more chi is made and the more efficient, efficiently the essence is conserved or converted. Oh, forgive me. Yeah, to increase the water chi, once you are able to increase the efficiency of the essence chi conversion process, you will be able to create more water chi. Strong water chi is the key to successful chi in our practice. Water chi is able to calm down your mind, strengthen your will, and firm your spirit. Since water chi is the major source of coolant for the fire chi, you are able to maintain your health and lengthen your life. Normal abdominal breathing is an important part of Buddhist chi on training, and it is so often called the Buddhist breath. If you practice for 10 minutes, three times a day in a month, you should be able to resume the abdominal breathing you did as a baby. Do not hold your breath, though. This is very important. Um, your breath must be smooth, natural, continuous, and comfortable. So find a, a, a way to count on the, like the 636 um, six breath. Breathe in six, hold three, and exhale. Don't hold the breath for too long. Can cause tightness in the chest or the abdomen, dizziness, uh, nausea, upset stomach. Reverse abdominal breathing. The reverse abdominal breathing method is commonly used by Dallas Chicano practitioners, so often called Dallas breathing, the Dallas breath. Um, it's the same as as a abdominal, abdominal, um, abdominal breathing or normal abdominal breathing. It's just breathing in, um, inhale. And the stomach goes close to the spine on the inhale or the inhaling, and then it's, uh, the stomach comes back out. In reverse, when in reverse abdominal breathing, when you inhale, we, we draw the abdomen in and then hold up on the perineum, and then we exhale and gently push the abdomen back out while uh, releasing the, uh, the pressure on the anus or the perineum. All right, so what is it? Uh, what are the reasons for this? What are, how is it beneficial? Great efficiency in leading chi to the extremities. Whenever we exhale, we are expanding the guardian chi or the wei chi. Um, when you inhale, you are conserving your chi or even absorbing the surrounding chi to your body. When you intentionally try to expand your chi during exhalation, it's easier to expand your abdominal muscles than to relax. Imagine that when you're pushing a car in order to express your power, you have to exhale while you're pushing. If you pay attention to your abdomen while you're doing this, you will realize that your abdomen is expanding again. Now imagine that if you're cold and want to absorb energy from your surroundings, you will find that your inhalations are no longer are longer. Your inhalations are longer than your exhalations and that your abdomen withdraws inhale rather than expands. So like when you're cold, you notice when you're cold, you're like, Ooh, and your stomach automatically goes in, even though you're breathing. Yeah, you're like, but when you're trying to exert power, you notice that when you push out, when you breathe in, your stomach goes out. So the um, Dallas uh, Qigong practitioners have found that whenever you try to intensely expand or condense your Qigong, your abdomen moves opposite to the way it moves during normal breathing. 
to realize that reverse breeding is a tool and strategy that you may use to lead the team more efficient. You can see that the foremost advantage to Dallas reverse abdominal breathing is his ability to lead Qi to the extremities more naturally than is possible with normal abdominal breathing. For martial arts, the internal martial arts training of the Dallas is more advanced than that of the Buddhist or in any other style. This is simply because the Dallas learned how to lead Qi to any part of the body more efficiently than any of the others. The key to this success is reverse abdominal breathing. It is for more effective raising more effectively raising the chi and marrow brainwashing chi gun, um, the EEG. In marrow brainwashing chi gun, uh, reverse abdominal breathing is able to raise chi from legs to the brain more efficiently than the Buddhist method. I know this for a fact because of uh, when I hurt my leg, I did what's called the monk set where you reverse breathe. You do the um, downwards breath on each on each of the, um, the postures. And I, I didn't realize that at that time, but, you know, I went up, one upstairs, I was doing my exercise, my Qigong. You know, I come back, I came back downstairs the first day. I was like, damn, I feel the difference already in my legs. It did, I didn't feel that, that tension, that, uh, that tweak every time I moved my knee like I did initially. But uh, over about seven days of doing it, yeah, it was gone. All, all of it was gone. You know, the first three days of the fasting and everything, I did it wasn't all gone. But by the seventh day or so, within a week or so, it was definitely gone. But you know, what happens is it moves, it helps move the chi from the legs to the brain more efficiently. All right, so um, be sure not to tense the chest in reverse breathing. Uh, by generating pressure upward, it makes it hard for the diaphragm to move down. So be relaxed in the shoulders and, and when you breathe in through the abdomen, make sure that when you breathe in, you don't have any tension or pressure because it can cause the heart to beat faster and you want to be calm. So be very calm in your breathing in. And at first, it might be somewhat difficult, not really hard like that difficult, but just be observant and conscious of your shoulders, basically, really, your shoulders, and make sure that they stay sinking because the shoulders rise and the chest is going to rise. So be sure that your shoulders stay sunk into the, the ribs and the ribs stay sunk into the hips. That way, when you breathe in, you will still be relaxed and the cockpit is going forward. All right, so those are some of the concepts of uh, normal abdominal breathing and reverse abdominal breathing. Now, within Iron Shirt Qigong, this is one of the ways to cultivate, well, it's one of the ways to obtain the energy. Remember, we deal with obtaining, retaining, and cultivating the Qi. This will help with uh, calming the emotions as well as building a stronger uh, fascia or muscle and uh, system, muscular, skeletal muscular system, which in turn creates a strong physique, but that is a part of the immortal body, partially, you know, but the mind and the emotions are also a part of it. So. But uh, so abdominal breathing practice, and this is this is something I uh, somewhat, I didn't make it up, it just came down the pipe, so to speak, came, came through the portal through the wormhole, through the Einstein Rotson Bridge, you came down to Bill Foss. But it's like what we do is we're going to abdominal breathe, do the abdominal breath or the Buddhist breath and the Taoist breath. 
the enlightened breath, and the ultimate truth breath. So how we do it is first we breathe in through the nose, and we make the, of course, we go to the abdominal, normal abdominal breathing, drawing the air into the lungs, expanding the abdomen. And we focus especially on the area that's one to one and a half inches below the navel. That's the lower dantian, the main chi storage site in the body. And then we will make sure, you know, the stomach is round like a beach ball, breathe into the lower abdomen. Then push the diaphragm. The diaphragm will automatically shift lower. And expand the abdomen. So um, after that, we breathe out the nose. Hold your breath for a moment. Remember, 636 is good. So hold it for three seconds. Breathe in. Six seconds. Hold it for six seconds while the stomach is big like a beach ball. Then exhale. And release the diaphragm so that it goes all the way back to a relaxed uh, shape. Go towards the spine. After that, you know, after you exhale for six seconds, relax it. Make sure the chest is low. Lower the chest. Make sure your shoulders ain't raised up. And then we reverse breathe. We go the opposite direction. Breathe in again, six seconds. And, and that allows the abdomen to go towards the spine. All right. And just maintain that for a minute. Make sure focus on that area again at the navel, one and a half inches below the navel, where that's the major chi site, lower dantian, melanin, basically site, internal melanin or uh, neural melanin, cerebral spinal fluid. That's where your kundalini is. Sleep, not sleep, not sleep. <laughs> Woke, not sleep. So flatten it, let it go all the way to the abdomen on the inhale, on the inhale. And then on the exhalation, on the exhale, allow it to go back to its normal state, relax. And then, again, breathe back into the normal abdominal breathing where we make the stomach big like a beach ball. So breathe in six seconds. Hold for three. Then exhale. And let the stomach go back to its normal state. Then breathe in for six seconds. In heaven. Allow the stomach to go close to the spine. This is the reverse breath. Hold for three. Exhalation, relax the stomach. Let it go back to its normal natural state. Then go back into the normal abdominal breathing. So you're going to be doing both in one. You can start out by just doing the abdominal breathing like six to uh, have them in time six, nine, twelve. 15, 18, you know, 21, just however you feel comfortable, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Or you can start out by doing the reverse breathing or vice versa, you know, however you feel. Um, but um, then you can, because I've been meditating for a few years, so if you're just starting out meditation, it might not be wise for you to jump on something like this, like doing the abdominal, normal abdominal breathing and the abdominal breathing at the same time. So to each his own, I, I mean, I feel comfortable doing it, but like I said, I've, I've been meditating for a few years. Um, and so when I started, I just I started doing this uh, together as, as one in unison, 
uh, about a year and a half ago. So, you know, to me, I, I sense it as, uh, you know, mother and father or both energies coming together collectively, one being electro, one being magnetic, and then they combine. So it's like uh, you're getting uh, two for the price of one in, in that meditation. But that's uh, that's uh, obtaining the energy right there and, and retaining and so after that, we go into the uh, to the microcosmic orbit, and of course, the microcosmic orbit should always be done after any meditation. If I mean, if you're going to do more than one exercise, like more than one type of qigong type of meditation or whatever, nay dai meditation, um, then you know you can wait until the end of uh, that practice to do the microcosmic or the macrocosmic orbit, for that matter. I'm going to go over the macrocosmic. Um, due to it being uh, very, it's essential. We'll go over the, the macro on another occasion, but the macrocosmic or the cooling macrocosmic orbit or the small heavenly current is uh, good for beginning students. I do it, you know, and like I said, I've been meditating for three years and I, I like it. I like the macrocosmic because it, it cultivates that energy properly without having to uh like the warming the warming uh microcosmic orbit it deals with the yang aspect a little bit more so we always we want to deal with the and I do I do martial arts so I, I deal with yang a lot and it, it, it turns on the fire a little bit more. So we wanna cool off. I like to cool off. I don't want to be out here running around, you know, putting holes in walls for no reason just because I got a little angry at something or somebody. But uh Okay, so the microcosmic orbit sit in a comfortable position. It can be with your legs crossed or sit in a, a chair with your, with your feet 90, at 90 degree angles, um, with your legs at 90 degree angles. Your eyes are closed, um, spine straight, you know, men with your, uh, with your testicles hanging from the chair, at the end of the chair, eyes closed and hands in front of the belly. Um, you can put, men put your, well, grab your grab your um, your right thumb with your left hand. That's called holding the mind or stealing the mind mudra. Um, where you grab your right thumb with your left hand and you put your right hand under under the left hand. And when your eyes close, you will actually see that spiraling going on. So this is going to help activate certain energies. You'll you'll figure it out in the future. All right, so sit in any comfortable cross-legged position like that or on the chair, in the chair, then focus your attention on the nostrils so you breathe in, you know, feel the breath coming in and going out. Do this for about two to five minutes, just breathing in, nostrils. Go deep, deep conscious breathing and breathe out, relax, you know, get everything together, get that melatonin flowing. Then imagine a shower of bright blue energy being poured down over your head right there to that's a um, crown chakra or at your bindu spot right there in the back of the, the head. Your head should be tilted down with the um, the chin, the chin lock where your head is, is tense, tilted down a little, you know, and feel the breath coming in and out at the same time while this blue energy is coming down and being poured down over your head. This is called chi brain cleaning. All right, so it's going to help purify some of those things that's on our mind that ain't necessary, so we get some of that out there. So as, you, as we exhale, 
Imagine smiling from my heart from the inside and out, all the way down. So you breathe in, imagine that, that bright blue light coming down into the bendu spot, the crown chakra, right there where the soft spot is, and then let it go all the way down to the heart, smiling, see your mind and heart filled with this clean, positive energy as it cleanses all those impurities inside and out. You know, and enjoy this for a few. Keep your tongue at the at the roof of the mouth, behind the teeth. It doesn't have to be right there at the teeth. You can move it. It's three or four different points right there to activate different areas. Some call the asana area, or the you know the first eye area. But if you move it back just a touch from the teeth, you actually taste <laughs> some of the elements of the uh, the properties of that are being excreted from the pineal gland, some of those elementals. And it actually tastes like a metallic taste almost at first, but you'll get used to it, and that will help. You can collect that in your mouth, that spit, or what is called um, the jade essence, so it's heavenly good, and then swallow it down after uh, you can get some of it by actually scraping your tongue against your teeth uh, 24 to 36 times in both directions, in and out, or behind the teeth and behind the teeth, in front of the teeth. That's another type of meditation for uh, gaining that, obtaining that energy and stuff and putting it back in the body properly. But okay, so, um, so imagine as you exhale, imagine your smile going from the heart inside out, and then uh, from it all, you know, from your mind and still the whole body, all every cell with that blue energy. I mean, then um. You know, keeping that tongue right there. Then inhale, or in heaven, intense, and make sure that the perineum um, is pulled up just a touch, very subtly. And visualize the chi or the bioelectric energy as blue light rising from the base of the spine all the way up to the brain, coming to rest in the heavenly palace. That's the third eye, the first eye, the pineal gland right there between the, um, the brow. So um, visualize it as a circle of white light right there in that spot. Then as we exhale, relax or uh, relax the perineum area until the energy go down the face, the throat, back into the heart area, smiling into it and returning to the lower abdomen or uh, one inch and a half below abdomen in the lower dantian. Then inhale or in heaven, bring up the perineum again and allow the electric bioelectric energy to go back through the spine with a strong surgence of, of impulse like really feel that white light that ball that you form the chi ball go into the spine from the lower abdomen and then let it go from the lower abdomen to the base of the spine and back up the spine to the brain then back to the eye center the third the first eye center See that white light right there forming, and then on the exhalation, let it go back down the face to the neck, back into the heart region, smiling at the same time as it goes down, and then put it back into the lower abdomen or the lower dantian in that area right below the belly button, and let it accumulate there. You can do that nine times, and then after the ninth time or whatnot, or I mean, time you feel comfortable doing it, if you have enough time to do it nine. Um, focus all your attention on the third eye after you do that for a few, t- few moments. 
and just and don't think, don't don't and do nothing. Just allow yourself to absorb in that moment, stay in that moment, and see that that point right there, that dot right there, the third eye or the first eye, and um and and, and that will help in producing the immortal body. Don't forget the the first aspect of the uh, obtaining and retaining. That's the reverse, the abdominal breathing, normal abdominal breathing, then the reverse abdominal breathing, and going to the microcosmic orbit. Right. And I always do the microcosmic orbit after any um, nadine or, or meditative exercise. Right. It's very beneficial and effective in doing so. All right, so that that was the Iron Shirt Qigong. There's more Iron Shirt Qigongs, too. The Iron Shirt Qigong builds up about, we do, we we are actually, as, as far as some of my brothers that um, I train with, we um, we utilize uh, bricks in some of the, the Qigongs. Like the, the monk set I was talking about earlier, and we call it the Iron Monk set. <laughs> Because now, not only are we doing the qigong, we're holding bricks in our hand while we're doing the qigong. So uh, it builds up stronger, faster, faster. But we gotta do, we gotta put them bricks down and do some cooling off in our meditation. So we don't want to walk around, you know, accidentally breaking somebody's hand when we shake it. You know, I'm, I got a small frame, but you know, sometimes I'd be like, just, I just pick that, pull it up, and. Throw it on the back of the truck. <laughs> you know, my, my son was like, we could do it this way. I was like, man, move. <laughs> I picked the whole toilet up and threw it on the truck. And they were looking at me. My mom was like, and her friends were looking at me like, he didn't just do that. I didn't know I could do it myself, you know, but get thanks. You know what I'm saying? It's just little stuff uh, like that, you know what I'm saying? Get into that super superhuman, that superhero, super human body. Uh, guardian of the threshold and resurrection body. Um, in some modern esoteric Christian theosophical oriented doctrines, the resurrection body is related to the guardian of the threshold. And going back to uh, Washington and uh, Nepet. Although several authors spoke about both of these elements, and sometimes they even relate them together, the most developed theory explains the relation between these two entities in the theosophical framework is probably due to uh, Tommaso Palamedici and his The Guardian of the Threshold in the Evolutionary Way. Palamedici identifies the spectral entity called the Lesser Guardian of the Threshold with the archetype of the future resurrected body. In this line of thought, the lesser guardian of the threshold has been purified, constructed, and molded to become the resurrection body of the individual. That was something off of Wikipedia, basically. And uh, you know how they go in on certain things, and they don't really go, they don't go to the uh, esoteric definitive as far as dealing with uh, the physiological structure of man or the temple of man. They just say some other stuff. You know, but the lesser guardian of the threshold has to be purified, constructed, molded to become the resurrection body of the individual. But that right there makes sense because even they did say uh, the most developed theory, theory, uh, theo, ra, theo meaning God and ra meaning light or the energy, but the theories are the energy of God, you know, or, you know, comes from God's mind. Uh, that's us. You know, some theories are not 
developed properly. You know what I'm saying? Hey, theories, you know, basically. But that's still everything has that's conceived has some type of concept can be formulated to have truth in your own personal experience. But that is your truth, you know. But in writing is actually all about truth. So cause we can, if we can hear it from someone else's perspective, we should be able to visualize ourselves doing the same thing. It's like reading a good book. I can't read a book without visualizing myself doing the things in the book. Otherwise, I'm going to absorb the information or uh, whatever. All right, so um, coming out of Egyptian Yoga, Volume 1, once again, by Dr. Mawata Ashby. This is... Um, Page, page eighty-nine, something real swift. If one reaches the understanding that one is immortal and eternal, one with all other beings, then one will live within that reality. In the judgment of the heart from the book of coming forth by day, it is the heart, one's deepest thoughts and ideas of oneself and reality, which is judged. If one commits crimes knowing they are evil deeds, then one will suffer according to one's own assessment of one's own guilt, the heavy heart. On the other hand, if one lives spiritually and virtuously in the knowledge that one is a spirit acting honestly, trying to do one's best at all times while relinquishing any desire for the fruits or results of the actions, be they negative or positive outcomes, then one will not suffer the consequences of those actions. They can neither add nor detract from one's essence except in an illusory manner when the mind believes in them. The heart, seeing as the seed of the soul, is therefore the most important factor deciding the experiences of the spirit. Only through a purified heart is it possible to ascend to the heights of wisdom and intuitive understanding about the nature of one's own existence. The ab, higher self subconscious mind may be accessed by quieting the thoughts and then asking a question, followed by silence once again. The answer will come seemingly out of nowhere when the mind is clear. The mind is not the soul. The mind is limited and subject to ignorance, primarily ignorance about the body, the soul, the divine soul. Those who devote themselves to the religion of the mind, those who indulge in sensory pleasures, or those who think themselves to be exalted due to their intellectual prowess, thinking that the mental thoughts and body are all that there is to life, will undergo a death of their leisure ego at the time when physical death comes. On the other hand, Though, on the other hand, they who use the mind as a tool and develop the higher intuitive aspects of it will transcend the mind. They will not die. They will have attained immortality. Developing, developing the power of intuition is essential on the spiritual path. This is the only way to become one with God. Intuition is perfection, while the thinking mind is related to the egotistical vision of oneself as an individual. Individuals are mortals. Mortals die. However, Intuition is the spirit, which is eternal and immortal. The goal is to develop our intuitional capability and to leave the ego mind, the lower mind, behind. We must train through wisdom, developing the higher mind, intellect, to, end, to understand understand, or over, and overstand it is a spirit and not a physical body or impure mind. So, so with that said, you know, um, can look at, our women, our goddesses. God is a woman. God is a woman, and how their intuitive nature allows them to have that accessibility to the immortal body or to that creative aspect a little bit more so than the logical 
uh, mind of man. Man is always on mind. You know, we read newspapers like I got this book right here, you know what I'm saying? I'm reading out of it and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I got to get to my intuitive nature. Then I had, you know, really being that I am in a physical body that's related to being a man or, you know, whatever, I had to uh, develop and, and, and re- regenerate the intuitive aspect of self, of high self over time to meditate and process, to live in an experience because uh, intuition is based on experience. That's why women can't, you know, they get on the phone and they they know a whole situation about something, and they ain't even went through it, but they heard, you know, somebody else telling them something about it, and then so they can. They, some people call it gossip or whatever. But you know, so and so with this, I wouldn't go over there. It sound like that, but happened to what you call it, you know, because they using that to it tomorrow. They ain't just going off with uh, uh, like the news tell them or whatever. You know, what I'm saying some, sometimes they do because we're dealing with this nature that we're dealing with, with how the system has now intent, intentionally manipulated and trying to hijack our woman's intuition, the goddess's true nature. You know what I'm saying? Most of the things in our past or the ancestors that, that, that were brought to the table were brought to the table due to the intuitive aspects and nature of the goddess in the church. You know, so, yeah, you know, Time back into that intuitive um, part of our being is to hold reality of being. One of the main realities of being a pure immortal, because like like we're saying, the mind is not immortal. The mind is only a vessel for the thoughts that we carry within the physical arena, as far as what we participate with. Now, as we go through the experiences and we learn to discern between what is what, then that's the intuitive processes being able to uh, come back online. Developing the power of intuition is essential on the spiritual path. This is the only way to become one with God because God basically is intuition because intuition is perfection. Intuition is, is basically intelligence, you know, being smart. Is based on intellect, you know what I'm saying? But being intelligent is based on intuition. Because I know some dumb, smart niggas. I know a lot of dumb, smart niggas. They know a lot of stuff. But then, you know, common sense don't kick in. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's sometimes it's just kind of like, don't pay it in right. Yeah, I've been doing something for 30 years the same way. And I'm wondering why I'm in a certain position in life because I'm still doing the same thing I've been doing for 30 years. And these, some, like I said, some dumb smart I, I'm not, you know what I'm saying, get things. I love them because that's the experience. Everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing. I ain't judging nothing or nobody. We Everything is perfect the way it is, you know, because I can't, I ain't, in my journey, I've learned that I, you can't change nobody but self. Now, somebody asks a question and they want to answer a direct answer, a truthful answer, then that's what I'm going to give them the best of my ability. But as far as me going out here trying to be Jehovah's Witness and beat somebody up in the head because of what I think they should be doing, that ain't my place. They doing what they supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? They perfect the way they are. Just like I'm striving for perfection in what I do, just like you striving for perfection in the way of what you're doing. This is what we're meant to do. You know what I'm saying? So we all doing and are functioning and processing 
what we are uh, intended to be, uh, you know, in our, in our active agreements. So your mortal body of the hidden light, this is something I'll put here right here. The hidden light is known to the ancients by many names. Many practices were kept secret by the ancients and guarded as sacred or holy. Some of these names include the living light, central sun, the spiritual sun behind the sun, Karas consciousness, the elixir of immortality, the holy grail, soul substance, chi, raw life force, prana, etc. When the panogram receives this hidden light, chi, ki, ra, ambrosia, the external melanin, or what you have you, it begins to drip as a divine golden light, also known as the land of milk and honey, biblically, due to the fact that the pineal gland produces melatonin, a yellow substance during night, serotonin throughout the day, and the pituitary gland produces the HGH, or the human growth hormone, a milky white substance. This is not completed via the physical sun. This is transferred to us as a spiritual essence from the spiritual sun, or the central sun, the solar plexus, the second mind. These drops, these drops then mix with the rising primal force to Kundalini and result in the divine marriage of Shakti and Shiva, cerebral spinal fluids, resurgence with the gland, the marriage of the lamb circling the square. The merging of the divine feminine and the masculine within, this is inner alchemy, the transfiguration to the hidden light. This alchemical procedure initiates the formation of the immortal body, the Okay. The resurrected body. This shift that we are going through includes the physical perishable body that is transfiguring into the immortal and perishable body of the hidden light. So, what is the divine fluid? What is this divine fluid, this sought after elixir of immortality? Now, can someone receive it into the body, the pineal gland, and the bones? Of course, it's inner and outer melanin. The ancients practiced drawing in the hidden light in various ways. The ancients made the sun part of their daily routine. They were rise at sunrise and honor the sun, the spirit of the sun, and the spirit of all living things on planet Earth. Everything on planet Earth and your body is from this living light, the sunlight fluid. This inner and outer melanin. All right, right here, let's, uh, I'm going this is, uh, this is a Qigong. It's called the Mystic Pyramid Qigong. And um, it's, a, it's a part of a set called the Eight Standard Postures of Shiloh. Shiloh basically means longevity, so it's the Eight Standard Postures of Longevity. But this one, um, in general, has the effect of uh, of uniting the left and right brain. All right, so it has the potential to be able to put both of those energies back online co- collectively and correctly. Uh, over time, doing this once a day for about one to three minutes, one to five minutes. Some, you know, I've done it for longer than that with the bricks. Because, like I said, we're really practicing doing the, doing the iron, uh, iron, iron shirt, Misty Pyramids, or the iron shirt, uh, eight standard postures, with a lot of the different cheekbones and touchy, different movements and practices that we do. Sometimes we put the bricks in there, but at any rate, what you do is you, you see the on the slideshow where the guy's hands are in the pyramid-type shape above his head right there. What you want to do is put your hands out on the qigong. You can, if, you, if, you, if you haven't ever seen the qigong, you can step out into it from 
from a ready position where your feet are together and at a 45-degree angle, bodies relaxed all the way down to your feet. But you step out into the ready position, which into Wuchi, uh, toe, big toe first. That big toe will activate the pituitary and pineal gland and stand at a shoulder's width apart. You don't know how to step out like that, but stand at the shoulders with part, very relaxed, and sink all the way down into your feet. Keep your posture correct. It's like a meditation. So what you're going to do is bring your hands up from having them relaxed on your, on your side. You can look at Qigong's on, uh, online or something. Um, and if, you're coming to, if you may be coming down to, uh, to the next conference, Melanated Conference down at the land with uh, Dr. Aline and you know, the Queen Kadira, then we'll, we're going to go over over the Mystic Pyramid as well as the, probably the whole set on um, the Ace and Apostles. But you bring your hands up after they, they'll be relaxed right there on the side. You bring your hands up and meet them together, both hands, and form a pyramid shape or a triangle shape right above your nose and have your hands extended outward, but don't lock out your elbows where they straight. Have your hands extended outward. Keep a rounded approach with both elbows when you go when you're going outward. Don't stretch them all the way out. Keep them rounded and soft and very subtle and loose. Make sure the shoulders are loose, very relaxed, so you won't have any blockages in the meridian system as you breathe in and out. Now, what you want to do is the thumbs are going to be right there at the at the top of the at the top of the nose. Where the thumbs should be in line with like you could put, if you bring your thumbs to your face, your thumbs should be right there at the at your eyes, so you can look straight through the misty pyramid. Like back in the day when we were, you know, we acting like we did the the hands was like a telescope or something. You can look through them like that. Like that's the portal right there. Okay, so your thumbs should meet right there at the top of the nose, but be outward, and you want to look with your eyes centered in between the, the pyramid, in between the misty pyramid. So relax your fingertips, relax your fingers and your hands and your, the joints and your wrists, your elbows, keep all that relaxed. But keep your hands at that point and stare at the center of that. Breathing in through the hands, allowing the energy to go in from the middle points of your hands called the long guard points, the five points in your hands, the dragon points, and allow that energy to go in both of those points to the meridian into the heart, then down into the lower abdomen, then allow that to push down through both channels on the side of your, on the insides of your legs going out the big toe, well, towards the feet, and out the big toe, and that's your, um, those are your liver points, the big toe, your liver meridians. So you breathe in the hands, the midpoints, or you can actually allow the energy to go out the yon quan points, the bubble and spring points in the middle of the middle of the feet. So breathe in through the points in your hand. Remember this, this is the key for the activation of both sides, left and right. Gaze into the center of the pyramid. You might go cross-eyed or something at first as you're breathing in, but stay focused and stay aware and just gaze into the center of the pyramid until your first eye. Breathe in. Allow the energy to go through the hands. Feel it going through the hands. 
You can connect the fingertips and the thumb if you if you want to, but don't rest them on there to where you will relax so much that you're not getting the exercise and the physical exercise as well. Exercise means to take and put on the other side. Inside means to put on the inside. So you want to balance those two activities, those two um, internal and external activities. I, I use. I normally don't put my fingers together. I don't touch them together. I just hold them in that position, stare into the center, and allow the energy to go into the pineal gland and then down into the lower dantian and press it down into the two points, the bubbling spring points in the feet and into the earth and breathe in. Did you breathe in the 636? Breathe in. Remember to pull up on the perineum and then breathe out and allow it to go down the, the center line from the hands and then from the... But I mean, it's like you, you, you imagine the breath going through the hands, but you're focusing at the, in the middle of that misty pyramid. Doing this outside in the morning with the sun when you arise is very beautiful. This is like it's amazing how much you could, I mean, you just go experience it. I don't have the words. I, you know, that was one of the first Qigong that I learned, you know, doing it on sunrise and gazing at the sun at the same time. And, you know, you see that black, what I call it the Looney Tunes, you know, that's wrong, folks, you know, because you, you do the sun gaze and it, you actually see it like the Looney Tunes symbol or whatever, with that vortex energy right there and everything. But um, doing that right there, that exercise at the beginning of the day and at night or as the sun is descending, you know, it really uh, turns that on. It turns that connectivity of the left and right and puts you back online, a little something, something, something there. Thought I'd put that in there, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, Get, getting that sunlight fluid, that hidden light, jumping through the um, meridian system. That's something that the ancients was doing for a minute. And still to this day, we, we still doing it because we are the ancients. We are the ancestors. All right, so get back to the read. When I say the spirit of the sun, it is the eternal energy of the sun, the living substance. Just the same way as with crystals, it is not the crystal itself, but the connection to the spirit of the crystal. That is a benefit, the same way with the sun. You are the living hidden light of the universe. Our ancient brothers and sisters live near the land and were grateful to the earth and the spirit of all things that exist within life unseen and seen. This, unli- this unlimited agreement boosts a deep connection from spirit to flesh. Oh, hey, real quick. Black. And in the herbie. Nah, we ain't, we ain't rushing. We ain't doing no rushing around here. My name ain't Favaro. Say you stalling. What you rushing? All right, but um, coming out of Metanetta by Rockwoon, that's the Amin page 15. Right here, just talking about um, the ancestors and whatnot. But as it says right here, the ability through trance to communicate with deceased beings has led melanated beings to the greatest understanding of the nature of man. It has provided us with the inner empirical evidence of the immortality of man. Immortality is not merely the survival of the spirit, but of one's identity across incarnations. 
On one hand, because of the pricelessness of the revelation that man is immortal. And on the other hand, because of the unparalleled guidance that ancestors, Ankh-Star, resides within the DNA, provides rituals for communion with the ancestors, so-called ancestral worship. It plays a prominent role in the religion of melanated nations. It is instructive to note that the greatest architectural marvels of the ancient civilizations, Kemet, Mohenjo-Daro, the burial shrines, the mounds, you know, um, entire cities were filled with these structures, or pyramids, etc., that surpassed in opulence the dwellings of even the kings. In place of these insight, in place of this insight, Western scholars could only see what they believed to be the work of megalomical builders. You know, they were just out there trying to build big, big, big stuff. Only from the ancestors, the living proof of life after death could have been learned through observances and practices that led to immortality. The survival of an individual's identity across incarnation, such practices practices and observances became the fundamental doctrines for the spiritual development of men and nations. And, but, you know, that Western mind looks at um, our ancestral, uh, not worship, but ancestral reverence as we uh, commend and venerate our ancestors. They they don't see the you know the truth in the pudding. They just see some they see some spooky. They scared really. Oh, that's voodoo. No, that's voodoo. Mean boy. Everything has is something you know is empty. So we put some libations to fill it back up. You know a little bit. That's the Aquarius said. The man got that water in the barrel for a reason. You know, you know something is empty. Maybe it needs to be full. Or something is full. Maybe it needs to be empty. But these transitions are uh, to equate. Harmony and balance. So, all right, so to connect deeply and consciously with the intelligence of the sun, make it a natural part of your day to honor the spiritual head and sun. Make it a practice to rise and watch the sun rise. The conscious, intelligent fluid that's inside your bones acts as the stored light. As our cells begin to carry more of this hidden light, which is also frequency and vibration, our body fills with harmony, Haru men and divine love. Remember, Hirumin is uh, the sublimated energy. It's the it's a root, you know, sex energy. It's a root, and men is the sublimated aspect of uh, completion. So when we when we uh, obtain, retain, and cultivate that energy, then we can use it as divine love, as sacred love. We can give it to our partners, you know what I'm saying, to heal and whatnot and utilize it like you were speaking earlier in the microcosmic orbit to heal others as well, you know, in a greater perspective of all mankind if one would like to do so. All right, the source is hidden, photonic, etheric light, and you are this light, this hidden living light. This light permeates all things throughout the multiverses. All right, so this right here is something that I pulled up. I put it, it's uh, called the, well, I, I named it the Immortal Body, the 12-step program. And uh, I just rechanged some of it. It's, they had it all mixed up. So I, I went in there and twerked it around a little bit. Uh, the 12 levels of the Immortal Body, but it has to, it has some particular good points. So, uh, you know, that's why I love it. Yeah, it's, it's cool. 
12 levels of the mortal body awakening. Similar to, it's similar to a 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous. You can think of their mortal body process as getting up to addiction, to physicality, and adopting a whole new way of perceiving reality. The world of light, love, prosperity, unity, Christ consciousness. By this model, the new civilization that is manifesting officially here when we each have activated our mortal bodies to the level of 7 to 10 or plus. And at this point, we are officially on the road to recovery. We have graduated from survival school and officially entered the realm of the immortal body. In the process of awakening to who we truly are and the realization of our love and magnificence, which is ultimately ascension in the manifestation of the immortal body, you could refer to the 12 levels of the immortal body of initiation. Physical ascension takes in initiations 1 to 6. Cosmic ascension takes in initiation 7 to 12 and completes the state of Christ consciousness, Kalas Kartas, or the Morakoras body. Within these initiations, humanity and earth move into the fourth and fifth dimensions. These levels or initiations are what we went through during the times of Mu and El Camoria. The ascension chamber in the Great Pyramid, also known as the King's Chamber, was a physical dimensional transporter to the final stages of ascension. The final initiations to the light body or Christ consciousness, the immortal body, whereby your consciousness and physical body will leave this dimension and travel to the fifth dimension higher. Things are different now. We do not need we do not need to go through twenty four to forty years of temporal initiation. Many of us have already gone through these initiations. Initiation means basically to uh, to stretch sometimes, but it's to go through certain things. Uh, living life uh, on planet Earth in these accelerated times and increased levels of elemental intelligence is the initiation. Really, anyone who comes here and gets into a body deserves an immortal body and deserves to ascend. Also, these initiations of yesteryear were designed for those times, especially to transition to the big veils of the dimension. The veils are now extremely thin, and all dimensions are converging into a unified whole, the grand unified theory. So initiations are easier and more direct now. The time for direct translation is at hand. It is merely a simple it is merely a simple, a simple choice of dedicating your existence to all that is. Please bear in mind that ultimately this process of awakening and transmutation is not a linear process at all. You may experience many levels of awakening at once and simultaneously. So the model of the 12 levels is merely for your perception to give you an awareness of progression. Your mortal body manifestation process will be unique to you and your personal evolution. This planet is also ascending. It is activating its immortal body and is becoming a star. The new development that will reside upon its star is manifesting on planet Earth. It is an advancement of the mortals. Ragnarok, you know, you know what I mean? A, a civilization of pure, unconditional love, Christ consciousness. Anyone who does not want to shift with the planet and accept love and divinity who still wants to play with the illusions of power and control will have to play elsewhere on some other planet Further out of the edge of the universe. That sounds like some dogmatic shit right there. You know, we don't deal with that too much. I should have blanked that out. Okay, the first level of, immortal, of the immortal body. At this level, um, at this level, you get a wake up call. We all remember that, you know. So some of us, you know, broke the alarm clock. Like what? Just just a thing. Uh, from your D, from your body's DNA, and coincidentally, from outside sources, a manifestation of the inner signal. The alarm goes off. It's time to wake up from your sleep state. It began wiping that cold out of our eyes. 
also develop a body signals that it is time to start dropping density. It starts the mutational changes of the DNA of our physical body. You may get flu-like symptoms. They're very common at this stage, and our body starts to, as our body starts to mutate, our glandular system starts to be activated. Our long atrophied and shrunken pine on pituitary gland starts to grow and come back alive in our mind. This coincides with the chakra activations and awarenesses of these feeling centers. The second level of the immortal body. Your theory blueprint begins to dismantle from the increased levels of intelligence. This is the time when we release fourth dimensional structures of limitation, especially old karmic patterns which began to change the spins and the geometries of our emotional, mental, and spiritual body. The first stage of pulling out of the karmic cycle, you will seriously start asking the question, who am I and why am I here? You know what I mean? So physical changes happen very rapidly here, and you may experience lots of fatigue as your body mutates and needs rest to catch up. And you must and all up in the catch-up. Catch up all of them and mustard. But we, you know, I know some of us experienced it. I've experienced it. We, if you're going through it and you're listening and you, to these conscious uh, brothers and sisters online and you're in the now for the note, then you went through some of these events right here. I, okay, but the third level is the mortal body. At this level, physical senses become more acute, become very sensitive to extremes. You may grow intolerant to loud noises, strong chemical smells, etc. You may become actually aware of anything that is not natural and organic. And you probably will become very immovable about getting natural things and having natural things around you. If you're not a vegetarian yet, you may become one. It may be repulsed by anything dead. Clothes may be distracting. You may feel like running around naked all the time. You may think of leaving the city if you are living in one and moving to a smaller town or into the country. Your values will change dramatically. Sensual pleasures may be activated due to this newfound sensitivity. You will want to make love a lot more and to improve your sexual relations. Pregnancies were increased in 1989 when the planet and her population were activated to the third level. You remember you know, a lot of babies being born? It was like the second um, the second surgeons of a uh, baby boom. Yeah, I know a lot of people were born in 1989, and, and, you know, at that time period. This level activates uh, the biotransducer system of the body. It's atrophied, forgotten ability to work with and channel high light energies. The third level of the motor of the motor body mutation process cannot be stopped. When we reach this level, the planet uh, was synced up with three, eight, 383 of more other planets that are ascending out of this third-dimensional physical plane as well. And you can see from that that, that we are not the only planet ascending right now because we are in this photon belt, photon belt. This, this planet is only one spectral plane in the sandbox of the universe, and everything is interconnected. And uh, as the ascension is taking place, on, it is, very, it is on a very physical scale, I mean scale, this entire dimension, the physical realm, including the fourth dimension, all dimensions are ascending because they're all interconnected. The fourth dimension, the astral plane, is converging with all other dimensions and realities into the one reality. And what is the immortal body? Planet Earth has already ascended to at least the higher overtones of the fourth dimension. It's constantly ascending. Its fifth dimensional light body is being activated. 
It appears otherwise because of our continued resistance to divinity, our addiction to separation, consciousness, and third-dimensional ways of perceiving reality. So in a sense, the third and fourth dimensions have converged along with the astral plane. That's third, fourth, and fifth. Now, we, when we go astral traveling, what we are really doing is traveling in consciousness. It is more direct now that the veils between dimensions are so thin. And our consciousness or soul has become so accelerated to allow us access to these accelerated spaces. Disembodied spirits, lost aspects of ourselves, dark entities or extraterrestrials are now hanging out, you know, in these different perceptual realities than the astral plane. And they are between this physical world and the dream world. If you believe that you are being affected by any of these beings, break away all agreements you have with them across space, time, and dimension and assist them back into the hidden light. Also, ask for assistance from the ancestors and ascended masters, and for difficult cases, ask for assistance from someone in the physical body that specializes in this activity. Make sure that any interference you are receiving is not just someone trapped consciousness to you. Someone in the body, possibly asleep, that currently is somewhere on planet Earth and probably has some conflict with you because of past life karma. It is time for all of our past life experiences to be healed and karmically released. Go to where they are projecting from, talk to them, and find out what the conflict is. Break any and all agreements with them to forgive yourself and them for your past experience and ask for a karmic absolution between you and the karmic board. Then you can start playing together rather than being in opposition and in competition. Fourth level, immortal body. This level is a mental stage beginning a massive change in your brain chemistry. You may start having headaches, chest pains, eye problems, and hearing problems as your glands further mutate and your chakras activate. Chest pains are something you may experience throughout the immortal body transmutation because your heart begins to open at deeper and deeper levels. The vision and hearing device begin to alter and the brain starts firing across hemispheres. At this point, nonlinear thinking starts which can be terrifying for the mental body as it realizes it's not running the show anymore. This is when you really start questioning reality and the second wake-up call begins. Remember, the mental body or the mind body is dealing with central um, personification. It's dealing with the ego mind or the ego aspect of what we would call ego. This is when you really start questioning reality and the second wake-up call begins. This is when beings start to consider spirit personal identity changes to include the possibility of being a spirit having a human experience rather than a human having a spiritual experience. Telepathy, telepathy, um, telepathy, clairvoyance, and clairvoyance begin, and the emotional body starts opening up. At this point, the mental body may be freaking out and trying to desperately to maintain control. All this newfound feeling and empathy and connection can be unsettling and exhilarating at the same time for people. This is when you start connecting with other like-minded people, considering past lives and other spiritual alternatives. You may question your direction in life, career choices, relationships, and may even begin smelling these old ways of operating in favor of more holistic, in favor of more holistic spiritual ways. You may be drawn to read everything spiritual that you can get your hands on and want to take courses on spirituality. You might meet someone who tells you about some new spiritual thing or get turned on to some books or channel or entity or guru or you feel the overwhelming urge to discover yourself. 
The wake-up call is in full swing now. You are getting the big signal. Time to go home. Fifth level of mortal body. This is the level where the mental body starts to surrender to spirit. Now later, your thought processes become very, very, very frequent, and this can be unsettling. This is the transition zone between basic linear thought and fully dedicating living to spirit. This is where you consider that you are more than you thought you were, that your thoughts and feelings are possibly not yours, and that they are not you. You question everything, especially the patterns you do, that these ways of being are not how you would like to be. This is when you start shifting karmic, kinetic, and social conscious programs out of your fields, and you search for processes to accomplish this. At this point, you will be giving up all past religions, beliefs, and completely adopting new ways of perceiving reality. You probably at this point become officially a new ager, so to speak. You may hesitate between old and new, unknown ways of being, as your mental body hesitates between surrendering to spirit and clamping down to, for fear of loss of control. You may feel stuck between two worlds without an identity, without friends who feel similar. You may start to seek these people out. Seek out people that have the same frame of thought that you may have. And uh, the official New Age, you know, that's just uh, whoever put this uh, information on online. You know, some of this stuff, like I said, I would reword it. I should have edited it a little bit more because that, I, I don't believe in New Age. It's just, uh, you know, maybe we should call it remembering age, you know, <laughs> reawakening. You know what I'm saying? This is all old. It's, it's uh, tying back, you know, you got to look back to see how far you came. Sixth level of mortal body. This is the level where you start becoming an active participant in your awakening process. You will start utilizing processes and technologies to remove limitations, structures from your fields, or at least becoming at peace with the fact that these limitations are not you and you are just part of the human condition. Your spirit will now put you into contact with people actively working with the mortal body process. The dwelling, the dwelling intelligence will start directing books and workshops your way to accelerate your awakening process. You will begin. You will be given broader, more enlightened perspectives on reality to expand your consciousness. This is where you really question reality and realize that nothing is real, and that all of this is a creation for our experience and entertainment. You now realize that nothing is linear. Time does not exist. You start to perceive multidimensionalities. And knowing that you are here and elsewhere simultaneously, you start to meet people who live multidimensionally and function in bodies with this expanded reality. They will be your guides. This point is a crucial point because you cannot return to what or who you were or thought you were. You either have to step further and further into your magnificence or you will die. And that's death, ignorance, and emotions. It's not really a physical death, but the, the ignorance within and the emotions that we react to will keep us in a physical type of arena of uh, of uh, reincarnation. This is where you realize that you are part of the force of evolution, a planetary transition team member that you are here to co-create heaven on earth. You may not realize you may not realize the vastness of the task at hand. You may feel like the job is entirely too big, way too big for little you. This is where the job can get difficult because this is where you start really stepping into your power. You start actively transmuting pictures of reality in your fields for yourself and ultimately humanity. You now realize this is not a personal job, but a planetary 
Many beings choose to opt out of this form because it is not their job to continue. They cannot handle the increased levels of intelligence that are now available. If they stay, this is when things start rocking and rolling. This is when you move away from everything you have previously known. You may have to leave many friends behind because they are not moving at the quantum speed that you are, or they may even reject you and condemn you for becoming so weird. This is when people change their jobs, relationships, marriages, and etc. You may feel very alone. Many new people come into your life that are in alignment with where you are. If you are isolated and there are no people around you who are thusly aligned, you will be passionately drawn to seek them out and talk about true reality. At this time, you experience a a vaster descending of spirit and realize you are spirit. You will now start communication with increased levels of telepathy and begin active communication with your spirit, your counselors, guides, angels, etc., about one-third of the mortal body structure is now lit up in the theory blueprint. You may feel like light and feel like you are emanating light. Your eyes will become brighter and people will notice this brighter level of light coming out. After some time, life will become beautifully exciting. You see the awesomeness of your beingness, the divinity in all beings, the vastness and wonders of the universe, and experience ecstasy and excitement of the awesomeness the transformation now taking place that you are an active, important part of. And you begin to actively participate with other masters with this wonderful assistant process. You start to have fun co-creating heaven on earth. Seventh level of mortal body. This is the level of feeling and emotion, feeling and emotion where your heart chakra is opening and you are feeling deeper and more passionately than ever before. Because of these increased levels of infinite intelligence, all the places within your beingness that are now loved will arise to the surface to be dealt with, for you to be at peace with, to be honored and ultimately loved. This can be difficult as this is an intense time of emotion. You will be able to feel so deeply because you have a growing detachment to identifying yourself as your feelings. You start really connecting with and feeling the planet. Impulsiveness becomes your normal way of operating, doing crazy childlike things, doing things because it occurs to you to do so. Depending on how much resistance your mental body has to has to letting go and releasing control to the senses, it will be the degree to which this level will be enjoyable and easy. That's that level right there. Coming out the jokester. This will be a time to balance the mental body with the emotional body. Crossroads, you know what I'm saying? Your mental body must um, get past its fears and survival issues to a blissful state of what the fuck. Your emotions will be erratic like a child's when you... When you're sad, you will cry. When you're angry, you will yell. When you're happy, you will laugh. You will be emotionally spontaneous, not caring who sees you be emotive. You will express whatever emotion is flowing through your emotional body in that moment. You start living in the now, balance between your emotional body's bias to living in the past and your mental body's bias towards living in the future. As the emotional body drops, it's all patterning. Patterning, you will start redefining relationships and you will end many that no longer serve you. At this level, your relationships between transpersonal, oh, at this level, your relationships become transpersonal. In other words, they are no longer based on dependent emotional karmic attachments. They become based on whether your spirit is guiding you to be with that person for your personal involvement and planetary awakening. You may seem cold to others because you are less emotionally attached and you now value your personal space. The heart chakra now opens even further and you will feel like the center of your body. Meditation becomes easy because you are now focused on your heart rather than your head. You can now travel multidimensionally through your heart. The chakras begin mutating and become spherical. Then further, they become one unified field, 
similar to the large spirit surrounding your body in the Mechabar meditation by um taught by Javalo Melchizedek. This chakra merger assists the emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies um, to merge into the unified field. This unified field keeps you in balance. You no longer fall into survival issues because your chakras are spinning out of sync. You can now handle relatively any amount of energy that descends into you without burning out. The pineal and pituitary glands open up in the seventh level where you will start to feel them as pressure. When the pituitary gland is functioning at its highest level, you no longer age. So people start looking younger. Your pineal gland is your fourth eye. It sees up and multidimensionally. That means it sees in all directions. As this opens, you may start to see yourself in other bodies on this planet. It sees in all directions and in other dimensions as well. Um, as this opens, you may uh, start to see yourself in other bodies on this planet, other planets, on ships, other parallel realities, and et cetera, and experiencing yourself as multidimensional. This is when you see and feel the deep connections within people and spirit. Here's when you start getting your priorities really straight of what is truly important. You sense, your sense of purpose is heightened. You start wishing to truly live, have fun, and assist humanity to know who they really are. Eighth level of the mortal body. Your pituitary and pineal glands start mutating big time now. They start growing, and you may get big mutational headaches. Your eighth, ninth, and tenth chakras are opening up, connecting you to the languages of light. That's the um, star code spectrums. Step down information for intelligence from a cosmic, galactical, and solar point of view. You will now be able to decode higher dimensional language, tones, geometries, colors, direct communication with your personal creator, descended master, descended master or whatnot, etc. You now become fully aware of your vastness. That's the ancestor. That's the internal and external um, melanin up there. It's talking about we'll be communicating with in the higher intelligence. You now become fully aware of your vastness and mastery and perfection. Obligations to anything but the divine plan to drop. You communicate, you communicate with people on a spiritual level, transpersonally. You no longer connect with anyone on a psychodependent level. You start operating as a force of change on a much more grounded level. You're no longer searching, but just know. You start really being the cosmic master you are. There is no doubt as to the greatness of your being. Ninth level of the mortal body. This is when your body starts changing. You may get taller or thinner. You are directly translating light. You now fully know yourself to exist on other dimensional levels. You care less and less what anyone thinks of you personally. You now live the cosmic self that you are. This level may be the hardest as you are required to finally and completely surrender to spirit and the divine plan's mission for you and your spirit's intelligence. Um, you realize that everything in your life is directed by all that is. Free will is put into its proper perspective. Deny spirit or follow spirit. Operate from old world programs of survival and limitation or live divinity. You now know yourself to be pure consciousness, experiencing life in the human body. You now radiate a force of light that will greatly affect every person you meet. Previous to this level, you felt your desire to ascend and wish for it greatly. I wanted to go home. Now you realize your choice is to stay, is to stay and to assist in this transformation. In fact, you are courageous in your resolve. You will accomplish your mission no matter what. You no longer operate from ego, the knowing of the world, but from pure consciousness. You work from the chaos level of compassion and forgiveness, accepting your gifts from all that is. 
you will experience hesitation between being a magnificent master full of divine love, will, truth, compassion, and forgiveness, to bouts of being pure, stupid, being poor, to bouts of being poor, stupid, human with faults and weaknesses. You realize the truth of being pure consciousness in a human body, that even though you are awesome, you are operating within the confines of a human body and a human existence. You become officially hooked up to who you truly are as a unified vessel of infinite intelligence. You move into states of being that you have never been in before experiencing the being the being state of your own truth, experiencing the being state of your unconditional love, and experiencing the being state of your photonic etheric essence and power. Tenth level of mortal body. The last few levels of the mortal body transformation are the spiritual levels. This is where your chakras and fields are completely unified and you are fully hooked into the Karast oversoul at every level. This is the level where you literally can do anything, where you are you have become an avatar. You can transport yourself via teleportation, manifest anything. This is easy because you fully recognize your oneness was all that is. At this point, your mecha bar is fully activated and at least three strands of your DNA have become fully activated. Personally, at this level, you will work specifically with your soul groups depending on who you are, personal and soul, and as your soul mission, and synergy as a Christed, angelic, or angelic God, or ascended master or avatar. The 11th level of the immortal body. You have built, you have built a structure of the real Merkabah. Your immortal photonic etheric body is fully activated and now. You decide whether to stay in light body and ascend with the planet, ascend ahead of the planet, or go to a pure energy form. This is when we become real divine powerful forces of transmutation. Your, your hidden light, your immortal body is made of many lines of light, intersecting in beautiful geometries. You also have spir- spherical female geometries embedded amongst the linear geometries. This is the teaching of light. This is the teaching of light body Merkabah. You're also hooked up to the upper-dimensional microball vehicles, greater and greater geometries. This is the teaching of the flower of life, the platonic solids. The geometrical structures of our beings, of our beingness and our life. The first one we must awaken is the double star tetrahedron, then the next higher geometry, the octahedron, or the double pyramid, and other geometries following. The double star tetrahedron encompasses your body, connects you to the earth and cosmos, Energies and when activated, its energy field is a minimum of 55 feet in diameter, in diameter, the shape of a flying saucer. The octahedral structure is millions of miles out, a huge geometrical structure of your medical bar and overall light body or your overall immortal body. Additional information about Merkel bar could be located in Javala Mechelzadeh's book, Secrets of the Flower of Life. Your physical body has at this point been restructured. At the molecular level, your physical body has, at this point, been been restructured at the molecular level. You essentially have no body, even though it may appear that you do. Time speeds up and becomes truly relative. When everyone else, when everyone is at this level, there will be no time. Simultaneously, will be the norm. This is the level when you are so centered within your own beingness, knowing who you are with such a great sense of self that you are beyond time. It does not exist for you because who you truly, truly are is eternal. If y'all haven't noticed, though, um, it's only like 12 hours in the day now. You know, as far as it used to be a little longer, like 24, and they used to say. But uh, if you, I mean, if you appreciate time for the, the, the tick of the tock, and the 
tick of the clock and all that, then uh, you'll see it at yeah, 24 hours. But if you're noticing it as uh, experiencing as the, the sun moves and all that, day to night, you notice it's not 24 hours. It's like beginning to um, slowly but surely be zero time, point of singularity. Uh, now is when you really start remembering and using your special skills. You now only do what makes your heart sing. You are actively manifesting your vision of heaven on earth and being who you truly are. Twelfth level of the mortal body. This is the grassroots level of change. You actively start creating change on a planetary level, hooking up with other soul family members, creating group mecha bars, immortal centers, immortal communities, immortal cities creating real communal governments, redistributing wealth, food, and resources. You now act without hesitation of what to do about further manifesting heaven on earth. At the 12th level the immortal body of the immortal body, all parallel realities and dimensions converge. Everyone is the immortal body. They act as who they are with total sovereignty and total mastery. Heaven on earth is in full swing. Immortal, photonic, etheric bodies, earth is here. At this 12th level, we are all avatars, and we have completed the 12-step program. This is beneficial because things are moving faster than our body. Intellect and memory can keep up with. And much of your immortal body, and much of your immortal body activation and collection as you realize what has happened to you after it has already happened. And much of the information will be something to look forward to and to aspire to and read it again. This is beneficial because things are moving faster than our bodies. Intellect and memory can keep up with. And much of your immortal body activation and awakening process will be recollection as you realize what has happened to you after it has already happened. And much of the information will be something to look forward to and to aspire to. A new chemical structure grows through the body. The bones will appear thinner because they are more etheric. A silica-based structure creates a crystalline body, Christ's body, immortal body. This body is etheric in nature, only appearing to be physical. The physical doesn't disappear physical transforms into a complete different a completely different chemical structure. We are now completing the activation and understanding of our former magical selves. We're now the white or magicians that we were before. I don't know where that comes from. I said I didn't think any okay, we are now the magicians that we were before. Okay, um we can now manifest teleport teleport and telecommunicate to learn everything about everything. The magical formulas that I knew when I was here many times before have been returned to me once again. Fifth dimensional vision and the cosmic frequencies are now creating the same bound, the same bonds of power to create their magic. That's the white magicians right here. I mean, not to say dark magicians either, but just, I mean, why, like I said, I got this off the internet. I was, you know, yeah, it makes sense some more. Use this as a some of the, uh, describing what the twelve uh, immortal bodies are, as far as like uh, some of the systematic changes that may occur. But yeah, I did reword some. I, I didn't read this uh, well enough. But white magicians versus dark magicians. Okay, all right. But um, what was called Ormus powder is an overly rearranged monatomic element. The monatomic element has two atoms per molecules. Ormus or you know or has elements in that configuration that are superconductors and exhibit quantum physical behaviors at a physical scale, including freedom from gravity, superfluidity, and tunneling through solid objects. 
The substance was the bread that was fed by the angels when the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. The celestial substance was said to awaken the powers of perception, awareness, and intuition. It was called uh, Mufkats in ancient Kemet, and it was able present a, a mound of uh, powder to the high priest, and they would eat it. And nowadays they call it a monatomic gold. Some people sniff it to try to gain enlightenment. But at any rate, this celestial substance was said to awaken the powers of perception, awareness, and intuition. It was called bread, and it was also mana, the mana that they was talking about. And they, it was crossing the exodus when it was crossing over. So the Israelites was going into a canyon, and, and God fed them manna and quill. I could sky manna, meaning mind, though. It wasn't really a substance that was like that. Okay, but called bread. It was called perfume. It was called the mist. In reality, it was the fragrance of color, the sound of the frequency of the etheric reality. This is melanin, internal, external melanin. I can hear certain sounds that stimulate the neurons of the amygdala that open sounds to higher levels of experience. The amygdala is an almond-shaped area in the brain. It was formerly the brain's first center. However, now that the entire cosmos is expanding outward and spinning forward, the amygdala can now begin its true function of connecting communication to the cosmic realm with the co-creative consciousness. During the reverse spin of the cosmos, away from source consciousness, the amygdala was used to record emotions. It was also the area that records less memories. Amygdala sounds like magdala. It was a part of Mary Magdala's magic formula for communicating with the stars. When the extraterrestrials blocked Mary's interest into heaven at the 11th dimension, her amygdala gland had a sealed place on it, and they placed a seal on all amygdala glands on earth to block her communication to heaven. The reverse spin of the amygdala made it into a lust center. It became the messenger of lust between the brain and the sexual areas in the body. Okay. Right there around the R-complex. Now we have been set free from that seal, and the amygdala is connected directly into the lowest part of the tailbone to create a direct link up spine, you know, reawakening, the Kundalini reawakening, up spine, which creates the co-creative and manifest reality to manifest through our bodies and through our eyes. The manifest reality is the magical reality we wish to experience. The reverse seal of the amygdala made many believe that lust was a magical experience. It made many believe they were speaking to angels when they were actually being trapped in the reverse seal, pulling them into visions of the negative realms of consciousness. The chemical dust was used to create magical manifestations of actually the sound frequencies of crystal light, crystal dust, and crystal gel sent through the angelic consciousness to offer the mind to hear the cosmic consciousness and to be healed through the hidden liquid light of the galactic signs, external melanin and dark, dark matter and dark energy. Now we can once again use the Amagadala to create magic. This is why the city of Magdala was known as the magic city and the land of Oz. There was a stairway of heaven leading into the magical kingdom of heaven, and now this is the stairway once again to bring this magic to earth through our crystal dust of cosmic frequencies. Before, or again, substantial negro and third ventricle, pomegranate active and functioning properly in line with the pituitary gland, producing the correct uh, hormones, and then while in meditation, going on that rainbow bridge and being able to jump into the alternate dimensions. Jumpers. 
the alignment of the cosmos through streaming cosmic frequencies is now complete on Earth. The angle dollar is now able to be activated to stream forward to make the connections to, to all angelic breaths or intelligence. It can be completely disconnected from fears and sex and less now. This reconnection to the forward spin will now allow a complete connection between the lower tailbone area and to the amygdala for complete telecommunication teleportation. This is what many have called the Kundalini activation. In fact, this is the first time on Earth the Kundalini activation can actually take place. Not the first time, it's just uh, we are back at that time. It's just, you know, happens in 27,000 years, so to speak. We're going through it once again. The Kundalini activation is a complete connection to the physical and spiritual self to oneness, where co-creativity with divine mind of source can take place. Hold on one minute. All right, so um, the Merkel Bar. Everything has a Merkel Bar. But I'm going to come out of Out of the Womb in the Mind by Dr. Ling. Dr. Sulu, I mean, to Page 275. When your counter rotating fields are active and functioning, you have set up your own internal electromagnetic force field. That if the planet Earth goes through three days of any, of an, of any type of electromagnetic noise on it, you will find due to the shifting of the poles, this collapse of the planetary magnetic field will not cause the complete erasing of your memory whereas this would occur without these counter-rotating fields. Thus, you become immortal. In the sense of no more discontinuity in your memory and consciousness as you translate to other dimensions or to other bodies. So this, uh, forming the metal bar through um, intent, mantra, and mudra, and sitting meditation. Uh, again, the slide show you see the the picture where it's glowing, I think, like blue and some other color, but what you would do is had the hands above the head and actively, you've got a few more seconds, what you do, you have your, hand, you have your hands, uh, bring them over your head, then down to uh, Buddha prayer hands in the middle. Then you bring them over the head in the Mr. Pyramid again, just like on that picture on the slideshow, the hand, the hand, the triangle shape, and you breathe in, lower abdomen, and you're going to breathe out. It's going to be um, arm sound. So the first one will be high arm, then mid, you're going to be ah, and then the lower is going to be uh, just um, the M. So the lower is the high. The high is going to be ah. There's a little office. Okay, it's like um. So it's um. All in one breath. Start at the top, at the crown chakra with Om, and you move to the heart chakra with with uh, Ah, then go to the root chakra with Um. Imagine purple at the top, Om, Green at the heart chakra, then Um, red at the 
root chakra. So it would be like this with the hands at the top of the crown chakra. Um, uh, um, the longer vibration will come at the arm, the last one. So take a deep, take a breath, at, do it three to six to nine times. And that's on the opening of all of meditation before you start any meditation. This is what I do. I do it your own way, but, you know, I'm on, this is how I, I've done it, but it helps formulate the miracle bar. Everything has a miracle bar, uh, basically, you know what I'm saying? But hands above the head, um, breathe in and exhale out. So it's above the head purple, at the heart chakra green, and then at the root chakra red. Or it could be black, green, and red, or red, green, black, or red, black, and green. But at the top is, is that dark uh, ultraviolet color of uh, black or purple. Violet part itself. Um, um, Remember, it's um at the top, then um, then um at the top, ah at the heart chakra, and um at the root chakra. Then on the closing, you do it the opposite way. Oh, yeah. The hands are inverted when it goes to the root chakra. So you, the crown chakra is a pyramid going up. At the heart chakra, is still going up. And then when you move to the root chakra, you invert it, or it's an upside-down triangle as you are right there with the fingers connected in the Mr. Pyramid. So on the closing, after you're done with your meditations and everything, bring the energy back up. And imagine the energy going back up to the pineal gland and, and um, whatnot with the dot in the, in the center of the hand, in the center of both hands. So at the end, when you're closing, it's um, when you open, it's um, go, 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 go lower, my bad. Um, and when you're closing, it's um, so it's um, ah, and um, and that's uh help formulating the Merkaba. So those uh those three, I think we did the qigong, standing qigong with the with the uh. Forming the Mr. Pyramid above the head and breathing in through both sides, uh, and then uh, getting that right, left and right together, while focusing in the center. That brings that brings the left and right back online. And then that one right there helped with the mental bar formulation and also the um, obtaining, and retaining, and cultivating the energy with the reverse and alternate breathing. All right, so that that will assist one in bringing about or producing the mortal body, the mortal body being, of course, the divine being that exists within the water, bringing harmony, earth and fire contributing to the divine soul, so bringing balance. All right. And we're going to close out now. Got like two more minutes, and I'll see you.
in a couple of, couple of. All right, peace and blessings. It's been a blast. Make you want